This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hello there, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 210, recorded Saturday, March 21st, 2015. Saturday morning, it's cartoon time. A rare Saturday morning edition of the podcast, and that is because this is a special edition of the podcast, right? Mm -hmm. I would say so. We are here not to talk about a specific episode of The Walking Dead or even deliver listener feedback about The Walking Dead. We're here to answer your questions that you've been sending in all week. Your awesome questions. Yeah, awesome, awesome questions. So this is our Ask Us Anything podcast that we promised to do because everyone was so great in helping us get nominated for a podcast award. And later on in this episode, I think we will make an announcement about what we're going to do if we win the podcast award. That would be most excellent. I'm excited. I'm excited that... uh... Uh, that we're up for a podcast award, and uh, I look forward to actually doing that thing if we do, in fact, win. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of equally excited about uh, winning and doing that thing. I would, uh, that would the both would be most most excellent. Both both would be really cool, but we'll get into that a little bit later. It's related to uh, somebody's question they sent in, so yeah. we will talk about that when we get to it. Um, but, uh, I think we might as well get going here. So cool. we have a, we have a lot of questions. Jason, are you, are you ready? Are you strapped in? I am super ready. I have strapped into my chair. Uh, I'm actually podcasting upside down today, uh, strapped into my chair to keep, uh, the blood rushing to my head <laughs> so that, uh, I can answer questions, uh, in a most efficient manner possible. And, and you have your comfy pants on. Well, yes. I, well, I always wear my comfy pants for podcasting. <laughs> I have my podcasting pants. Good. And I'm wearing those. Good. I've got a cup of coffee, which uh, is incredibly difficult to drink while upside down, but I'm managing, so I'm good. Good. All right. Perfect. So I've organized the questions into groups here. Uh, some are about, you know, The Walking Dead and or zombies. Some are about just podcasting. And then there are general questions that we're going to ask. So let's dive right in. Oh, sure. Wh- one more thing. Oh. Um, a number of people sent in multiple questions or or sometimes questions that were the same as other people or were the same as we have answered before on mm-hmm. maybe the last Ask Us Anything podcast, which, by the way, was episode number 161. Um, in case you want to go listen to that, it was called The Naked Man. Oh, yeah, that was a good story. And <laughs> if you want to know what that means, you can go listen to episode 161. Uh, you probably won't find that on our... Um, iTunes feed because uh, um, because we only have the last 50 on there, but you can go to our website, search 161 or search The Naked Man, and uh, that will come up for you. Right. Uh, okay. Let's do, uh, let's do the first one. So some, when you sent in multiple questions, what I was going to say is I, I usually chose just one, sometimes two from an individual user. Um, so if yours didn't make it, I apologize, but uh, hopefully enough of the answers uh, come out through this that you'll be satisfied. Cool. Okay, so first one. Claudia in London yep. wants to know, Jason, are you a good shooter better than Sasha? Uh, I am not a good shooter, and I am definitely not better than Sasha. I got uh, certified enough to get through basic training in the uh, the Canadian Reserves, and I don't think the bar was set very high. I hit the target, 
I'm good. And that, that was about it. I could uh, load a weapon and fire a weapon, and that's all that's required for uh, basic training. So, uh, no, I wouldn't say I'm a good shooter. Okay. Just in case anyone's wondering, I have never fired a weapon in my life. So right. I really don't know if I'm a good shooter. Uh, you know well, what? The I, chances are no. No, chances are no, yeah. Yeah, it's a, tra- it's, a, it's a skill you have to practice and learn, right? When I went to summer camp as a teenager a long time ago, we did have riflery as one of the activities, oh, but yeah. that was basically lying down on your stomach prone with a pellet rifle and shooting at targets. So I did right. shoot those, and I enjoyed that, but I wouldn't say I was a good shooter by any means. Right. Well, yeah, during my basic training, there was a lot of shooting a twenty two lying down in prone position mm-hmm. in an indoor range, which the target was only like 20 feet away. So, you know, it's really hard to screw that kind of thing up. <laughs> but then during the actual basic training, we were on a, a rifle range where the targets were a couple hundred meters away. Right. So, it, and rifles are hard to aim properly and you got to control your breathing. There's all kinds of stuff that you, uh, you have to do because you're, you can't hold your breath because you hold your breath, your uh, heart beats harder and it actually shakes your hands. Mm-hmm. So you have to control your breathing and you, uh, when you breathe in the rifle tends, the rifle tip tends to go down. And when you breathe out, the rifle tip tends to go up. So you have to compensate for that. And you usually try and, uh, fire the, fire the weapon halfway through your exhale. Really? Just to get it right. Yeah. So it's not just a matter of point and shoot. It, there's a whole bunch of stuff you got to think about. All right. Well, it takes a lot of practice. Uh, Claudia also asked me, Chris, do you annoy your wife about The Walking Dead and your dedication to the podcast? Yeah, that's a good question, actually. Um, I would say most of the time, no, which is good. Um, there's been the odd thing once in a while where, you know, Jason and I have to record or something else is going on. And, uh, and that is annoying for everybody, but not just her. But uh, really, she's very cool about it. She knows. Well, that, that's an ancillary concern, right? It's not about The Walking Dead. You're not annoying her about the no, show. No, no, You're no, annoying no. her that you do a podcast about the show, and it's interfering with her uh, sense of normality. You know what, though? But that happens so rarely, it, it's it's almost not even worth mentioning. Like, we, uh, she's, she's very good. She knows we do this. We like to do it. She supports it. She doesn't listen, but she supports what we do because yeah. it's fun. And, uh, and, you know, and it helps that we have a regular schedule. If we were recording at a different day and time every week, I mean, that'd be annoying for everybody. Yeah. Right. But we record Monday nights and Wednesday nights usually, and sometimes Saturday morning, I guess. I guess. Um, and that's fine. She understands that that's how it goes. I mean, sometimes I go away to Walker Stalker Con for a weekend and stuff. I've been to three of them now. And, um, you know, she's pretty cool about that too, because she does her own trips once in a while as well. And that's, it's all fun. It all works out in the end. So no, I but don't, she doesn't make you shut up about the show though. Right. No, like you're, you're babbling on about it and talking about all kinds of stuff. She's like, you know what? Just shut the hell up. I don't want to hear about that show anymore. She doesn't do that. No, she watches it with me. She doesn't do that. And, um, honestly, we don't talk about it that much when, you know, it's not on in front of us or, or right before it comes on or right after. So it's, uh, it's fine. My wife is pretty much the same. She doesn't watch the show. She doesn't listen to the podcast. She supports it, same as your, same as Christina. But uh, yeah, we don't talk about it. I talk about the show more with my mom than I do about uh, with Jenny because my mom actually watches it, whereas Jenny does not. Right. Every once in a while, she's like, "What's going on?" It's like, "Well, they're in a nice, uh, safe place now called Alexandria." Like, That's boring. <laughs> Who wants to see that? <laughs> and then that's the end of our conversation. All right, good. Okay, the, next, Rob in Darlington, UK asks: Aside from zombies, what is your favorite genre? Well, mine is sci-fi, sci-fi fantasy. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I enjoy TV, books, 
radio plays, all kinds of things that fall into sci-fi fantasy for sure. I think I have to agree, to be honest. I mean, when I go looking for something new to read or to watch or whatever, my first inclination is to look for science fiction. Yep. I'm not as much... I mean, I know sci-fi and fantasy are the same thing, but there's a there's a whole arm to <gasps> fantasy. You can't say that. I, I'm sorry. Similar. Not the same thing. You can't even say... Oh, yeah. Okay. You've offended a whole group of people, no, no, but no. that's okay. Okay. What I mean is they're not the same thing, but they get grouped together yes, in they one. Do. And the problem is there's a whole arm of fantasy that I'm not as into, but but there's a whole arm of fantasy that's a little closer to science fiction than I am. Like... Star Wars, I consider fantasy, not sci-fi, but I love yep. Star Wars. Exactly. That's that's space opera. It's not really sci-fi. It's not definitely not sci-fi. It's not sci- sci-fi like, um, uh, uh, what's a good sci-fi example? Interstellar. Uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey, Interstellar, yes. 2001, right? It's, a, it's, it's about science, really. Yes. Um, but... Uh, so, so I love that kind of stuff. The part of the fantasy that I am not as big on is like Lord of the Rings type fantasy. Right. Okay. So what you're, and, but you do like Game of Thrones type fantasy. Well, I like Game of Thrones, but mostly because I like Game of Thrones. If it was another show that was a similar setting as Game of Thrones, it wouldn't necessarily be my cup of tea. What about Harry Potter? I haven't seen them all, but I did not really like Harry Potter. Okay. Cause they're the, the difference between, uh, like Game of Thrones or uh, Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter is that uh, Lord of the Rings is considered high fantasy, mm-hmm. right? It Because you're in a fantasy... Well, actually, even uh, J.R.R. Tolkien would disagree with me, what I'm about to say. And he wrote the damn thing, so take that with, <laughs> with a grain of salt. I would consider it high fantasy because everything is a fantastical... It's a fantastical world. Right. Every, uh, there's, there's magic, there's elves, there's dwarves. That's generally considered high fantasy. It does not take place in the real world, whereas Harry Potter does take place in the real world. It's a... Uh, a fantastical take on the real world. It's hidden, but it is part of this world is what they consider it. And it's called low fantasy, not because it's lesser, but it's just in comparison to high fantasy, it's considered low fantasy. Mm -hmm. J.R.R. Tolkien said that uh, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit take place in England or in uh, Europe before our recorded history. So he considers it low fantasy because he considers it taking place on Earth. Mm. So that's why he would disagree with me. Uh, I think yes. I agree with you. So I'm just trying to consider if that's where your your line is, whether you you don't like necessarily like high fantasy, but uh, you and you do like low fantasy, like uh, Harry Potter. Well, I I think that's probably a good line for me, even though Harry Potter's not my favorite. Um, I read the Golden Compass series, right, and saw the the movie they made out of it. The movie wasn't amazing but i liked it more than most people did um but i absolutely love 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 the first golden compass book right. um and i like the whole trilogy actually but the first one really amazed me and that i would consider low fantasy it's real world but there's fantastic elements to it right so i think that's a good line for me science fiction love um low fantasy i'm on board with high fantasy not so much but when it comes down to it you know i love a good political thriller any day or mystery or comedy i'm you know i i like those two yeah me too but i would uh yeah i guess we're in complete and utter agreement there you go justin from nacogdoches if you had a chance to introduce someone to the walking dead which episode would you think is the best to get them hooked on it uh the answer is obviously the pilot yeah i was going with the pilot too it's yeah it's a fantastic episode you might as well start from the beginning 
Um, so that would be my answer. If you had to choose one that wasn't the pilot, would could you? I'm not sure that I could. Um, I hadn't really thought about it. I just when I saw this question, the first time I saw this question, the answer jumped out at me. I'd have to think about it. But the pilot is so uh, it's such a good episode to introduce somebody because we can follow. Uh, like we can see ourselves in Rick. He mm-hmm. wakes up. We don't know what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. And we have to find out along with Rick what the hell is going on. Yeah. What happened and what's going on. <laughs> That's uh, a different so, episode. <laughs> it is a different episode. <laughs> but uh, so that gives gives us an, an end point, right? As as an audience, we follow along with Rick. Yep. So that makes perfect sense. Another episode, I can't... Have you thought of one? Well, the only one I would say is maybe the beginning of season two. Because season one wraps up pretty resolutely you know the cdc blows up and then they're back on the road again and then season two it's it's a new it's really is a new beginning for them that has a very well it has less bearing on what happened in the past so you could skip all of season one and just start at season two maybe but yeah i mean the question is to get someone hooked on the walking dead the best way to do that is to open up this mystery which they want to find out the answer for and having rick wake up in a hospital and not know what's going on it's a good way to do it and a truckload full of bodies. That's right. Okay, Kevin on the internet writes, do you think The Grove rates as one of the top five Walking Dead episodes ever, and what are the best episode for each season in your humble opinion? So uh, do you want to go to, first well, or me? Yeah, the, I'll go first. The first, uh, to answer your first question, yes, because uh, I went through the best episodes of each season, and there are five seasons, and The Grove is on that list. So ipso facto, uh, yes, the answer to your first question. So season one would be the pilot, Days Gone By. Mm-hmm. Uh, season two, pretty much dead already, uh, which is the mid-season uh, finale. Mm-hmm. Uh, can we spoil? I guess we're, you know. Of course we can. If you're here, okay, we, we can spoil. So Sophia comes out of the barn as a zombie. Uh, and season three, when the dead come knocking, which is when Glenn was tied to that chair and uh, had to fight the zombie while tied to a chair, which was freaking awesome. Uh, season four, The Grove. Mm-hmm. And season five, The Distance. Uh, partly because of the title, always gets that song in my head, and uh, partly because the final scene uh, where uh, Rick, it's just a shot of Rick, and he's, uh, all the emotions that go through that run across his face, Mm -hmm. which are awesome. For me, uh, I agree in season one, Days Gone By, the pilot. In number two, also agree, pretty much dead already, where Sophia comes out of the barn, although a close second for me is the season finale, Beside the Dying Fire, where the, the barn lights on fire. Right. I like that. That's that pretty one. good. Like that one. Burning a lot. Barn's always good in your book. I know that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> season three, and here's the only uh I think season three for us is probably the most controversial. Which one did you choose? Uh When the Dead Come Knocking. Right, where Glenn has to fight the zombie off. I chose Arrow on the doorpost. That is the one where Rick goes and has his little meeting with the governor. Right. I loved that meeting scene a lot more than a lot of people did. So I'm I really like that one. And I, I did think- like that one. Let me just uh, comment on that one first of all. I did like it, but there's an internet video where uh, they <laughs> redub a bunch of stuff, and there's that meeting scene where the governor keeps going bibbidi bibbidi boo or whatever. And that's how they do it on Broadway. Yeah, that I think that video has kind of overwritten that scene in my mind for me, so I have to go watch the original again because <laughs> that's all I can. That's all I can see now, right? <laughs> that's it's completely wiped out the actual memory of the scene and overwritten it with the governor's song. Bad, yeah, bad lip reading that was, I think. It's yeah. pretty funny. I like that. Yeah. Um, number f- Season four, uh, I chose The Grove as well. And season five, I kind of forgot about the distance, cause, and I really, really like that ending scene with Rick. But I went with kind of either the first one, No Sanctuary, or the last one we've seen called Spend, 
I thought they were both really, really top-notch episodes. Um, But The Distance is a really good choice, too. In terms of season three, I think this is the most controversial one because neither of us chose Clear. Oh, my God, that's right. The Morgan episode. So that's that's a that's a really good episode too when you consider season three yeah that gets honorable honorable mention i think for sure okay thanks kevin uh next is another kevin in dublin ireland how do you think the walking dead will end and why well uh knowing robert kirkman it's going to end unexpectedly and uh why because he won't have any other choice yeah um as far as i know it's been reported that they do have a rough idea for the end of the show he has one and the producers have one nobody knows what that is yet and nobody knows when it's coming so i do hope they get a chance to work towards whatever end finale they have for the show and it just doesn't get canceled one day i'd be surprised if that happens well yeah um but in terms of how i think it's going to end i'm going to stick with the theory i came up with i think the last time we did an ask us anything podcast And if you don't know what that is, I'll tell you, I think that the opening scene of the pilot where (laughs) Rick, we see Rick drive up in the police car to that wrecked and abandoned gas station, and he has to kill Addie Miller playing the little girl whose name is Summer. He has to kill that zombie. It's the first zombie he kills, first one he sees. I believe that that is actually the final scene of the last episode of The Walking Dead, and they showed it to us at the beginning of the first episode and the whole right. series is going to circle around and finish with that. And what was my uh, response to that in the original pod, uh, original episode? That's podcast? crazy. You're an idiot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much how I feel. I, I, my feelings have not changed. <laughs> All right. Well, that's how I think it's going to end. I think they've, they've, they've shown us the finale and we won't know it until we get there. Right. Uh, okay. Donna on the internet, who do you wish was still on the show and why? You go first this time. Okay. This is a tough question for me um, because I was thinking about all the people who have have died, uh, which is pretty much the only reason you leave this show. And I realized that when you think about people who died a long time ago, like Shane, Dale, even Andrea, you know, I do wish sometimes that they hadn't died so early or that they were they'd survived longer. But then I think about everything that's happened between then and now, and I can't even imagine what it would be like to have Shane still on the show at this point. It would be a really different show. Yep. So, you know, when I think about that, I'm like, well, maybe it was good that that's when they died and left the show and we, we're, we are where we are right now. And then when I think about people who've died more recently, like Tyrese and Bob and um, Noah, I guess, uh, I think, well... I wish they were still around, but I think that's maybe just because I was sad that they're dead, right? I, I just, we just lost them. So, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just upset by that. So it's a tough choice. And who knows where the show would be or what it would be like if any of these people were still on it. So my answer is probably right now um, a more recent death like Tyrese, because when it came up a few podcasts ago, that Alexandria is the perfect place for Tyrese to be. This is what he was looking for, somewhere that's friendly and safe, and he'd fit right in, and he'd get a job, and everything would be great. He'd open a daddy daycare. And I wish that Tyrese got to experience that, but he died just before they made it. So that kind of bummed me out. Um, That is kind of a bummer. But other than that, uh, I do think it would have been fun to at least have Shane live a little longer. Maybe Andrea... 
and Dale. <laughs> so and Dale, you know, but but I don't think it would be. I just think I can't even imagine what it would be like if we still had them around. So I can't say I wish they were still on to this point. I just don't know. Right. I'm gonna go with Merle. Oh, Merle. I would like I would like to see Merle still on this show. Just I can just imagine the the shit he would cause in Alexandria. Him and uh, him and Daryl both. You know, the Dixon brothers in Alexandria would make for interesting entertainment. Well, it, they'd sure stir the pot a little. <laughs> Merle would start a friggin' meth lab. <laughs> a meth lab. He would, he would start a meth lab in Alexandria. Or a fight and, club or something. <laughs> yeah, something. Uh, well, no, not a fight club, probably. I, I would think he would start, uh, he, he would at least go out in the woods and grow pot for the for the, the city or the town. Yeah, you're uh, right. Yeah, so I think Merle, I think uh, that would be an, an entertaining addition to Alexandria for sure. All right. I, that Merle's, Merle's not a bad choice. Let's, let's go with Merle. Uh, okay, Chris on the internet have why have zombies become so popular in the past few years the only answer i can think of for this is because of the walking dead well the walking dead sure has a huge impact on it or um a huge impact on pop culture in in general but i i don't know zombies have been popular for a long time um but they really exploded in the last five years i guess it really did explode in the last five years well, uh, yeah, The Walking Dead is a big part of that. There are now other TV shows about zombies. Uh, there's a new one called iZombie, which maybe yeah. we should watch the pilot and review. We should. Okay, we'll think about doing that after season five. We did do it for Zombie Nation, so we should probably do it for iZombie too. We should. Um, but, you know, zombies are a fun genre. Zombies can represent a lot of different things. Poverty, the unending wave of capitalism, <laughs> things like that, you know? <laughs> that's right. Like, the imminent march of death. Is, that's right. They can be an analogy for, you know, racism, for all kinds of things. So people can take a lot from the zombie genre, I think. Yeah. And uh, that's why it's popular, because it appeals to a lot of people, even if you don't really love, you know, watching monsters get shot in the head a lot. The uh, the direct precursor to The Walking Dead, in my mind, is uh, Battlestar Galactica. Uh, it's basically the same story. All of humanity is under this under siege. It all, almost nearly wiped out because of an external force that is essentially relentless and hunting them down, and they have to uh, you know get their shit together and get the hell out of Dodge and survive uh, relentless attack from this external unrelenting force. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Uh, I remember when we were doing a podcast previous to this one, we talked about Battlestar Galactica and how uh, it related to the zombie genre. And I put out the call. I said, I want my zombie television show because of the success of Battlestar Galactica, the remake and the original, I guess. Uh, So uh, I'm glad that the world listened (laughs) and I'm glad that, uh, you know, that zombie, the zombie genre is so popular. But uh, yeah, I think the precursor to this was uh, Battlestar Galactica. Well, I'm just, that's funny. Even though nobody was listening to that, somebody heard you. The the I put it out to the internet, uh, not to the internet. I did to the internet, but I put it out to the universe, and the universe has a way of uh, doing shit that I want it to do. Oh, good. That's a good power to have. <laughs> it's not really a power. It's more of a. Uh, it's just uh, it's some kind of weird <laughs> luck okay. synchronicity. I don't know what it is. It's like somebody who always gets really good parking spot. I got a good parking spot today. Yeah, well, me too. I'm good with parking. Yeah. All right. Anyways, uh, Tyler on the internet writes, hey, guys, big fan of the podcast. So who wins? The Saviors from the Walking Dead comics or the Night Watch from Game of Thrones? Well, you go ahead. Um, 
Okay. Uh, I think game the Game of Thrones Nightwatch group of guys are extremely manly, extremely strong, extremely proficient with their weapons, and pretty violent, and are trained warriors, right? Eventually. I mean, they're, they're, they start off as a ragtag group of misfits, though, right? Like, look at Sam. Well, okay, you're right. They don't start off that way, but the goal is to get there, and there's always some guys around who are you know, trained warriors knowing what they're doing. Right. Um, the Saviors from the Walking Dead comic, they are a group of people with weapons, a little bit more ragtag, I think. Um, so I just, in general, I have to, I'd have to go with the Night's Watch from Game of Thrones, I think. Okay, so I, I sort of agree with you in that the, uh, the Night's Watch, uh, they have... Uh, more experience surviving in dire circumstances and extreme Game of Thrones. extreme weather too <laughs> extreme weather uh you know uh they're always almost starving to death they know how to find food and such whereas our group of survivors they have to learn that right they they kind of been uh, coddled their whole lives by having burger king down the road and a hyundai in their driveway uh, but now they have to survive but on the other hand the uh, night's watch do not have Assault rifles. So it depends on what they're doing, right? Uh, if uh, if a group of people with assault rifles were to go up against the Night's Watch, they'd be mowed down in minutes. It's true. So it's all it. It kind of I think it kind of goes. Uh, it's up in the air as far as what are they doing? Are they competing against each other in how many zombies they can kill? You know, it could go either way. Are they faced off uh, against each other across an open field? I would go with the people with assault rifles. It's true. I mean, we, the saviors, the saviors are Negan's group, just in case you're confused. But uh, they do have modern weapons, which the Night Watch do not. Right. But the Night Watch have experience, or they're supposed to have some sort of battle and military experience, I think, and yeah, training and things like that. So, you know, it's like it's like Batman taking on Superman. Everyone, you just assume that Superman would win that because he's basically invincible. Yet Batman takes down Superman in The Dark Knight Returns, right? Oh, spoiler alert. Sorry, everybody. Well, that's because Batman, uh, as far as I know, I haven't actually, uh, you know, this is what I've just learned on the internet and through friends, is that Batman is willing to do stuff that Superman is not. Well, sure, but he's crafty. He takes a, you know, he approaches the situation from a different angle. And maybe that's what the Night Watch would do, too. Even though they don't have modern assault rifles, maybe they'd have well, maybe better s battle smarts. Maybe they have uh, Greek fire. What did they call it? Wildfire? The stuff uh, that th Tyrion uh, made. Yeah, well, wildfire, I think. Yeah, they, you know, uh, the saviors don't have that, so, and that, that shit will fuck you up for sure. <laughs> for sure. All right, thanks, Tyler. Good question. Uh, Dan on the internet writes, I started reading the graphic novel after watching the show, and I'm going to stay with the graphic novel where it is in the TV show. But as, as I have read through it, I have noticed that I like the characters in the TV show or graphic novel more than their counterpart in the other version. So what he's saying is he likes, you know, one in the TV show better than the, the comic and vice versa. So he asks, which version do you prefer for Rick, Tyrese, Carol, Andrea, and the governor? And I'll run through my list. I prefer TV Rick, yep. co comic Tyrese, TV Carol, um, comic Andrea, and... The governor is the only one that I'm really on the fence on because I really liked David Morrissey as the governor. I didn't love 
the way his story played out necessarily until the end. Um, but I also do like uh, uh, Comic Governor a lot too, but they're also very different. So I am uh, 100% in agreement with you. Uh, TV Rick, uh, sorry, did you say TV Rick? TV Rick. Okay, TV Rick, uh, Comic Tyrese, TV Carol, Comic Andrea, and The Governor, I could go either way. Uh, the Governor in the comic book was such just dark, pure evil uh, that he was entertaining and great, whereas David Morrissey as The Governor had a lot more layers to him, which I also thought was uh, was great. So they're very different, and I could go either way with, with that. Yep, there you go. Uh, FX Matt on the internet says, I'd like to hear Chris and Jason read their favorite scene. So it's not, not a question, not really a question, but you know, it's, it's <laughs> in, in here anyways, here's the deal. Here's what we're, we're going to do everyone. And this is what we alluded to off the top. What we'll do is after season five ends and on the episode where we're going to reveal the winner of the, uh, of the contest that record your favorite scene contest. We will do a short scene. We'll read a scene that episode. Yeah, for sure. So we don't know which one yet, but we'll figure it out and we'll read one. Now, here's the kicker. Here's the big thing. And this is this is crazy. This is going to be nuts, Jason. If we win the podcast award, and you guys got to help us with that by voting every day for the next few days, four days, five days till it's over. And vote right now. Vote right now. We will read an entire freaking episode of The Walking Dead. And it'll be a whole podcast by itself. It'll be a dram- dramatic take on the episode. It won't be good, but it will be, it'll hopefully be fun to do. And, you know, maybe if we can organize it, we bring in one or two other people to do additional voices. Otherwise, you and I will have to do all the voices. Yeah, it's going to be like a radio play. We'll just do the whole episode. Uh, we'll, you and I will each do a number of characters in uh, really bad alternate voices i'm not an actor chris is not an actor i'm a bad actor i can tell you that right right now uh chris might be better than me we'll bring in some uh some other people we'll bring in whatever whoever we need to in order to get this thing done uh but we'll do a whole episode it might take a little while to put it all together there won't be a lot of foley i don't think although foley would be fun um but yeah if we win the podcast award we'll put together a whole episode of us performing the parts. I don't know if this is a great idea or not. I don't know if anyone's going to want to hear that, but it might be fun to do. Well, that's why I think uh, it's very important for us to have this out as a individual podcast episode, because uh, that gives our esteemed listeners the option to uh, completely opt out of that shit. Absolutely. You can skip it if you want. Yeah. All right. So a scene coming up in uh, the after season five, just a scene. And if we win the podcast award, an entire episode. Uh, all right. Larry in Fort Worth, Texas was wondering if y'all were planning to do a podcast for Fear the Walking Dead. That's the spinoff show. Yep. The answer to that is sort of. Um, I don't think we are going to spin it off into a whole separate podcast, but we are definitely going to cover that show. And the nice thing is it is scheduled to air during the summer when the main show's not on. So we'll just keep doing our regular schedule while that's on and cover that. I, I think it, uh, it's going to be very interesting. It will be. I mean, there's no way we can't look at that, compare it to the main show, and hopefully discuss it sort of on its own merits as well. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I, I, it's, I don't think we necessarily want to do a completely separate podcast, but then I, you know, on the other hand, I'm not sure we necessarily want to cram it into this one because uh, they might have a different 
you know, listener audience. So do we force our listeners to listen to our ramblings about a different show? Cause our, our podcast is about the walking dead, but this show fear the walking dead has the walking dead in the title. So I, I yeah. Okay. I'm, we're not quite sure is I think my answer. All right. Well, I, we're definitely going to cover it though. <clears throat> oh yeah, absolutely. There's going to be, uh, Chris is going to be talking about it. I'm going to be talking about it. We're going to be talking about it. We're going to release that talking on the internet, how that will take shape. I'm not sure. All right. Why don't we, why don't you listeners let us know what you prefer? Would you prefer it to be crammed into this podcast? And by crammed, I just mean on the same feed, just same podcast, but we're talking about another show or should we completely separate it out and do them as two totally different standalone things? Let us know what you prefer. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, okay. Kevin in Westbury, West Newbury, Massachusetts. So I've started reading the comics and... Uh, oh, sorry, back. Sorry, I've not started reading the comics yet. So I have not started read started to read the comics yet, but I have read the first compendium. I want to know what the difference between the three. I guess they all follow a different but somewhat similar arcs. I know the comics are up to around 150, but the compendium is only on its second set, and there are like five books. Sorry to be a rube, but I'm a little confused. So here's the deal, Kevin. The compendiums, the trade paperbacks, the individual issues are all exactly the same, just released as different collections of individual episodes. Right. Sorry, individual issues. So you can buy individual comics. Then they collect uh, six at a time into trade paperbacks. They collect 12 at a time into hardcover books. Yep. And they collect 24 at a time into compendiums. So it's just different ways of buying exactly the same thing. So, yeah, it's the same content, just different format. That's right. So yeah. you're not missing anything. You don't have to read all of them. It'll be the same thing over and over again. Yeah. I personally uh, read the trade paperbacks. So I wait for a trade to come out before, well, I'm, I'm like, I, I think the last issue I read was 100. So I'm like way behind, but I buy the, the trade paperbacks to read, uh, cause I don't have uh, a pull list at a comic book shop and I haven't been in in a long time. So my actual, uh, issue collection is smattering of issues here and there. Uh, I do buy the books, but which are 12 issues in a book, but I mostly buy them just for collectability stuff. Like I don't read them. The last four or five are not even out of their shrink wrap, uh, for example. Yeah, I, I buy the individual issues because I want to be right on the edge, right up to date. But I also buy the hardcover books, again, sort of for collectability, but I've read most of the hardcovers I have. Um, a lot of The Walking Dead I've read twice. Um, I don't buy the trade paperbacks, though. Uh, all right. Rich on the internet. Um, so he sent in a long debate that he's been having with his friends, but it all boils down to this question, and that is, is a warm or cold climate better for surviving in the zombie apocalypse? That's a tough one. Yeah. And it's all a matter of uh, what your preference is. I would not want to be in a really hot climate because I'm not a hot climate kind of guy, so I would consider that absolute hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, you know, ha- spending a winter without my furnace kind of scares me too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's tough. There's ups and downs to both, right? I mean, in the winter, if everything's frozen, it's a lot harder to come by food or, I mean, you can't, nothing grows. So if there's anything naturally occurring or you're growing something, it's not going to provide a lot of food. Um, you freeze to death. Of course, there isn't heat, uh, in really cold climates. Um, but on the upside, zombies freeze too, so they're not as much of a threat 
I would think, because they're frozen and can't move or whatever, sort of dormant. Whereas in a hotter climate, you don't die when you go outside, and uh, there's potentially more supplies and food around, but you also have zombies that aren't frozen solid. So I don't know. I would think I would go for warm, to be honest, just because at least you don't have the temperature threatening you. And if you can if you can manage the zombies, then I think warm is better. So yep. Northern California would be excellent. Not I think that'd be just about perfect. I think that's, uh, there's a, there's a city in Ecuador too, that uh, is way up in the mountains. Uh, and it's like 22, 23 degrees Celsius and sunny with low humidity, like 304 days a year or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's just perfect. I would love to go live in that city in Ecuador and just live <laughs> there. Cause that is the perfect weather all year round. Uh, but Northern California, this is all personal preference. This is not surviving the zombie apocalypse. Surviving the zombie apocalypse, I'd probably go live in the uh, Canadian Shield somewhere, which is far up north, very rocky, very remote, uh, and very few people. Like, Canada mm-hmm. is a big country with relatively few, low population. So going to Northern, and most of the, like 90% of the country lives on the uh, U.S.-Canadian border or within 200 miles of it right? kind of thing. So... Going up to the Canadian Shield, uh, if you can survive up there, then uh, few people equals few zombies, which equals high survivability if you can learn how to hunt and fish and grow your own damn potatoes. I was going to say that. If you can learn to hunt, there's lots of wildlife up there, and you can get good at it. Um, And then when it isn't, you know, minus 20 or 30 in the winter, you can potentially grow food up there. So probably a good idea. My um, wife's biggest question about The Walking Dead is, why don't they just go live on a beach somewhere? Just a beach? Just a beach, you know? <laughs> go find a nice beach, build a cabin, you know, enjoy yourself. What's this, you know, running around the country trying to survive in the middle of the woods somewhere? Just go find a nice beach, go, you know, protect it, and uh, enjoy yourself. All right. Well, that's what she would do, I guess. Yeah. All right. Orrin from Madison, Wisconsin. Here's a hypothetical. Your compound has been overrun, and there's only one spot in the only military truck leaving in exactly two minutes. Since you and Jason are the last two survivors, note everybody in your entire family is already dead, they ask each of you to explain why you should be the one they pick to get in the truck instead of the other one. You both are carrying the same weaponry, a machete, pistol, and several rounds of ammunition, so there is no obvious advantage based on things in your possession. What would each of you say... And or do. <laughs> well, I know my answer. What's your answer? I, I, what's your answer? <laughs> my answer is uh, I've gone through military training. Uh, I know how to do things other than just pull this trigger this thing. I've been uh, trained by the, the military. Oh, and then I would shoot you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that uh, I don't have any military training. I don't know how to use the weapons unless I've learned how to use them up to this point, which is possible. But let's assume I have not. Um, I have kind of a bad ankle and not great, not the greatest knee in the world. So I think I'd probably have to kneecap you. So they take me. (laughs) Oh, that would hurt. My knees are bad too. You know what I think what would really happen? What? You and I would just go off someplace and sit down and let somebody more worthy get that chair. Well, you know, if, if, well, Orrin says that we're the only last two people, but I think at the end of the day, we'd probably be like, you know what? Just go. We'll, just we'll take our chances. We're here. just going to weigh you down. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's we're not right. smart. We're not good at survival. 
Uh, we both got bad knees. Do you? And need... All I have is a pistol with a couple of rounds and a machete. Just take it. Do you Just need somebody to it. walk on to talk on the radio in that truck? Then, yeah. Then have you, you got? You need. Yeah. What are your podcast requirements? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> is the, is there any software that needs to be developed on there? Uh, yeah. Do you, not... do you have a web page you need uh, you need worked on? <laughs> we can probably do that. Do you, you want you want somebody to teach you HTML? Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, I know a lot about programming. Can you, uh, is that a useful skill? No? Oh, no. all right. Wow. Then uh, we'll just go live in that cabin over there. And Yeah. And right. that'd be a bad situation for everybody. <laughs> it would. Uh, all right. Mark on what's left of the real Jersey Shore says, did you see all the havoc wreaked by Gabriel stepping on that nail back at the beginning of the season? Me neither. No lockjaw, no gangrene, no lopping off of an infected foot. What was the whole point of shooting and including that scene in the first place? Hell, they had Noah limping for weeks after his tumble down the elevator shaft with Beth in spite of the show's history of miraculous healing. That's true. That must have been a chronic issue for uh, for Noah. It is, but I think that's a good point. We we saw Father Gabriel step on a nail, goes through his foot, then he has to limp off into the forest, and... Where was he going? Was he on his way to check that then if uh, Bob's leg had really been eaten? I think so. I think so, too. So was that just to slow him down on that journey and now everything's fine? Well, have you ever stepped on a nail? Not so it's gone through my foot, no. I have twice. Really? Uh, once when I was uh, about three. Oof. And yeah. And once when I was in, I think, grade seven or eight. Uh, and both times I stepped on a nail, it went through my shoe, through my, into my foot, into the heel of my foot. And I took off my shoe and I took off my sock and I looked at my heel and I could see the obvious nail hole with the little bit of rust marking around it where, cause it was rusty nail both times mm-hmm. and there was no blood. And I put my sock and my shoe back on and I don't even think I, in either case, I told an adult. And I just, and I don't recall limping. I don't recall getting gangrene or lockjaw or anything like that. I just went on with my life uh, and probably forgot about it within an hour or two after the pain subsided. So not a big deal is what you're saying. I I think it can be not a big deal because it wasn't a big deal for me and I didn't have any lasting adverse effects in any way, shape or form. So what do I think this meant? It could have meant life is a pain in the ass. And every once in a while, you're going to step on a freaking nail. Mm-hmm. And then move on with your life. Yeah, and then move on. All right. Well, I mean, with a t- when it comes to a TV show, you don't think that there are shots included like that usually. You know, everything is supposed to be important to the story or mean something. So all I can think of is they just wanted to put Father Gabriel in a little bit more peril than he would have been if he was able-bodied or able-footed. Well, he right. was on that that trip, so um, it's probably not going to come back up again. Um, I wouldn't think on the show, and it's, it, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. All right, uh, Damien in Virginia. If y'all get a chance to play walkers on the show, would you do it, and what kind of scene would you like to do? Would you do it? I don't know. I don't think so. Really? I'd do I've it. Never, I've never, I, you know what? I like being on the radio where there's no actual video aspect to it because I can't stand seeing myself in any kind of video form. I even have a hard time with pictures. So getting a chance to be on TV, I don't think I'd, I'd do it. All right. For the record, I would do it. Um, uh, one of the things we think is important here doing this podcast is to 
keep a safe distance from the show itself. Now, I know we go to Walker Stalker cons and other conventions and we've met the actors and so on. But I also like to not uh, like we don't do a lot of interviews with them, really that right. many, any really. Um, and that's because I like to keep a little bit of arm's length from the show just so that we can stay as objective as possible. Yeah. And sometimes I think when you're constantly interviewing actors or directors, it's difficult to do that. And the closer you get to the show, it's even harder to do that because, you know, you're you're part of it then and you want to say nice things about it. I can and I totally understand that. And you want to get the next interview, right? And if you start screwing things up and you start uh, you know, if if an interview goes badly, you're not getting you're not gonna get another one. And and we're not journalists, right? We're not we're not people who are providing um, objective, well, sorry, we are providing objective commentary, but we're not journalists in that we, uh, we, 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 we should be doing interviews and stuff like that and bringing information to the people. We're more, you know, pundits, maybe? Yeah, pundits. <laughs> who, who just talk about a specific thing. And I don't think it's necessary for us to, to be getting that close to the show in terms of interviews and whatever. Now, Having said all that, if I got a chance to be a zombie on the show, I don't really feel like that breaks that line, although I can see how someone might think it does, um, because there's no way I would I would say that my performance on the show was terrible or whatever, even though it might be, but I think I would still be objective enough about that episode in general if I was a zombie on the show. Right. So I think I could, I think I could make that work, and I think it would be fun to do, to be honest. Yeah, I've never aspired to be on TV in any way, shape, or form. Not even as an unrecognizable zombie and get shot in the face? No. Well, why Why do that then? Like, <laughs> I, I just, it doesn't, uh, it's not something that appeals to me. Right. Well. And can you imagine if we were journalists? Because we'd have to fact check everything. Oh, God. That's such a pain <laughs> in the ass. The way we do things now, we can just rattle off whatever we want. <laughs> exactly. More, we do more of a crowdsourcing kind of thing. We say something, it's wrong you know, part of the time and then uh, we get called on it and afterwards we go, yeah, we were wrong. So that's much more fun than having uh, people do a bunch of fact checking. Yeah, exactly. All right, Dan in Columbus, Ohio. Here's a question, Jason, that I didn't include on the original list when I sent okay. this to you. Sure. Dan, question. Dan in Columbus. Let's say AMC comes to you and says they're, they are interested in doing a Walking Dead Canada, but they want you to pitch it to them. What's your pitch? The crazier, the better. Walking Dead Canada? I, I think like, maybe a show that takes place in Canada. So it'd be like North The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead North, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have What's any good ideas for Walking Dead Canada? Uh Walking Dead Canada, I would say uh put it place <laughs> I think uh Newfoundland and Labrador would be a lot of fun. Ooh, that would be fun. That's beautiful countryside out there. Beautiful countryside, yeah. I think that would be uh, rather entertaining, or maybe, uh, maybe like a, a Walking Dead uh, Corner Gas type thing. You ever oh, watch Corner God. Gas? Uh, not very much. With Brett Bunt, or no, Bunt, Brett Butt. That was <laughs> Brett it. Butt, yeah, Bunt Brett. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Um, maybe in the prairies, either in the prairies or in Newfoundland and Labrador. I think that'd be fun. I think Newfoundland is a good idea. A bunch of Newfie zombies running around. Uh, <laughs> that would yeah. be funny. Um, maybe it's a show that takes place somewhere in Canada, maybe Newfoundland, and, you know, everyone is really polite, and they say sorry a lot and <laughs> clean up after themselves, and the zombies don't really want to hurt you. They just sort of, uh, 
walk around and get out of your no, way? Well, I think the zombies would still want to hurt you, but you know, every time you uh, take a machete to a zombie's head, you got to say sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. Sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Maybe. Uh, so I, yeah, I don't know. I actually, I didn't think of Newfoundland, and I like that idea. That would be a cool place to do it. You got the ocean there. It's very rocky. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. Um, I mean, I guess there's big areas of Newfoundland where there aren't very many people. Um, St. Yep. St. John's is there. It's got lots of people, but outside that probably lots of little towns and stuff. So might be fun. Let's do it. Walking dead, uh, Newfoundland. There you go. <laughs> All right. Mike in London, UK, who should play Negan? I might be insane, but I genuinely think Ricky Gervais could do it and it'd be awesome. Um, okay, so Negan is a character from the comics who hasn't shown up in the TV show yet, of course, but all indications are that he will show up at some time on TV. So who should we think should play him? Jason, do you have an actor in mind? I do have one actor in mind, but, uh, you know, just to comment on Ricky Gervais, I generally hate Ricky Gervais and everything that comes out of his mouth. I am 100% on board with that, except that Ricky Gervais doing a very specific thing is okay. I do think he was fine on the UK version of The Office, and if he stuck to that, I'd be okay with it. And he's, he can be a funny guy, but any time I've seen him in a movie, I've absolutely hated him in it. He was uh, an actual character in one of the Grand Theft Auto games. Do you remember that? You could go to a comedy club or you were watching TV or something, and one of the TV channels was a comedy club uh, with Ricky Gervais. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. I walked out of that in-game. <laughs> My in-game character said, this is bullshit, and I turned it off or walked out. I forget it was a, whether it was an in-person thing or whether it was a channel on the television. But I could, even the, the stuff that he was doing in a stand-up in a video game uh, annoyed me to the point where I had to get out of there. Because I had, you know, I had hookers to rob. I had cars to steal. <laughs> I had cops to blow up. It was a rocket launcher. I didn't have time for Ricky Gervais. No. I, um... Did you see the movie Sunshine, not Sunshine, Stardust? He had a, a sort of a cameo in the middle of that. It almost ruined the movie for me. And I liked that movie a fair bit, but his right. bit in the middle almost ruined it. So I hate Ricky Gervais, and I don't want to see him ever on my TV or movie screen again. That being said, maybe if they cast someone so ridiculous like that in this role, maybe it would work. Maybe, but if it's Ricky Gervais, I would be heartbroken because I would have to not watch... The Walking Dead. <laughs> I would have to turn it off. I couldn't, I, I don't, I, I would, it would, I, I'm speechless right now. I'm terrified that it might, that might actually happen. Okay. So who is your choice then? I'm going to have to go with Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Wow. That's a big name. <laughs> I think that would be fantastic. I think Bruce would do it. You know, he started in television with uh, Moonlighting, I think it was. Uh, and so I think that, uh, I think Bruce Willis would be, uh, would make a great Negan. That is an unexpected choice, but you know what? I agree. I sort of agree anyway. Yeah. So I, IMDB did an article about top 10 actors that could play Negan. And I pretty much disagree with almost all of them. Um, people like Thomas Jane are on the list. John Hamm is on the list. Uh, Michael Madsen, Bruce Campbell. I don't want to see any of those guys play. Oh, Bruce Campbell, no Negan. way. No, Bruce Campbell's fantastic. I love I like what him he too does. Much. <laughs> I, I love what he does, and I like him. And we saw him live on stage at New York Comic Con a few years ago. It was great, didn't we? He did. It we, was it was freaking awesome. It was great, you know, and that's fine. Um, but I just don't agree with any of these in terms of their list, though. 
Uh, Patrick Warburton is their number one choice, and he's got the look for sure. But and and I, I'm sort of okay with that choice. I'm I could do that. Um, Vinnie Jones is another guy they have on the list who is a little less known, so I'm okay with that too. But John Hamm, no way. Thomas Jane, no way. No. Um, Ray Stevenson, he's not a guy I really know, but I don't know. He doesn't look right to me. Um, so the only guys on their list that I think I could be on board with would maybe be Craig Fairbrass, who's a guy I don't really know. Um, but he looks like sort of a mean-looking, badass guy with a big chin. Um, and then Henry Rollins, I don't agree with because I just I'm not on board with Henry Rollins, I don't think. And then James Purefoy is on their list. Another guy I'm not quite sure I know I, who he is, although he was in John Carter. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, I have three choices of my own, though. One is uh, well, two of them are pretty well-known actors. And I think one of the things I would like to see in Negan is maybe a lesser known face. Right. Because uh, even though Bruce Willis actually isn't a terrible choice, because <laughs> he could do it, you know. Um, but Liev Schreiber, maybe. Right. He played, well, a lot of things, but uh, he was, oh, Sabretooth in one of the X-Men movies. Yes, he was. I could kind of see that. Uh, I think my first choice would be Mark Strong. Do you know Mark Strong? I don't know. Let me look him up. He's bald guy. He he might be a little old because he was born in 1963, but he was in. I most recently saw him in Kingsman, which I don't. Oh think, right, yeah, that guy. I don't he know if you've seen yet, but I think he would be good because he's 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 a good enough actor, but he's not like super well known, so he could show up and do it. And then my most controversial choice, but I think would be fantastic, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's he's not a big guy. He's a very pretty looking dude but he's a fantastic actor and i don't necessarily believe that negan has to be this like big square chinned bald massive tough dude i think joseph gordon levitt could bring so much to that character even though he's not like a a big muscle bound guy i think that might be actually really cool yeah i i think that might be. I, I think it is controversial. Controversial. I mean, I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but uh, I'm not sure I see him as Negan. But that just might be my own prejudice. So it's hard. Well, uh, if if I was going to go for somebody who uh, just look, pure look wise would be uh, Patrick Warburton. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I like to see Putty in anything. Like you put Putty in whatever role, I'm going to watch it for a little while just yeah. to check it out. But he is a. I see him more of a comedic actor as a comedic actor, so right. that it's hard to see. You know, it would be Putty playing ne- Negan, right? It wouldn't be Patrick Warburton. It would be Putty. Well, ter- he, he's Putty in everything. In terms of look and style and personality, I think Patrick Warburton is is the the obvious choice, but I think it's just almost too obvious. I mean, let's do something here to subvert expectations and cast a guy like JGL to do it. I think right. I think he would be super super cool as Negan, and they might have to rework Negan character Negan's character a little bit. You know, he could still be this badass foul mouthed guy, but he doesn't have to be the big hulking man that he seems to be in the comics. So, well, then why don't we put Topher Grace in there? Because he's not a good actor. Joseph Gordon Levitt <laughs> is. Oh, you're gonna. Use that logic on me. <laughs> yeah. Topher Grace. Sorry if there's any Topher Grace fans out there. I'm not a fan of that guy. <laughs> At least not since 70s show. I mean, he wasn't terrible on that. But anyways, 
So that's who we think should play Negan. Um, I think the most, I think the best choice for me is Mark Strong. Right. All right. Uh, next question. Jack from Rainy England. I always enjoy the music you guys put into the sponsor break on each episode, which got me wondering, how do you guys pick each song and what kind of music are you listening to right now? Well, let me answer that. Sure. There's a song in this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Jason. So remember, you know how when we finish up our recap and then I say something like, we'll take a quick break and after this is, holy crap, did you see that? We'll be right back. I thought that's just, you know, a little bit of break you give me to have a drink. Well, what I do is those songs, I, I pick a song and I edit it in a little bit uh, quickly and then we do like a sponsor ad or or whatever over the song and then the song comes back and plays out for a bit and then we get back into the show. Yeah. No, I, I do know there's a song. I've listened to a few episodes of the podcast <laughs> here and there. I generally don't listen back, but uh, every once in a while I do. So to answer your actual question, Chris obviously picks the song. Yep. Because I don't even know what the song is. Yep. Ever. Nope, that's right. Um, I pick the songs, and the way I pick them is just stuff I like, pretty much. Uh, I've, you know, I'm a music fan. I used to work in the music industry, so... You know, I listen to a lot of music, not as much as I used to, I think, but I go looking for things I enjoy, and when I find things, I put it in. Um, Tara in Omaha, Nebraska, had basically the same question. She says, who's in charge of choosing your mid, mid-podcast mid music? I love it and have downloaded many of the featured albums. So, um, it's yeah, all Chris. it's all me, and it's just basically what I like at the time. I will tell you a secret, though. I do kind of go for covers. Sometimes because I know that people like to hear covers of popular songs done in a different way. So I recently played a cover of Don't You Forget About Me right. by Simple Minds originally. Um, and over the years, I've played a few others, too. Um, but uh, yeah, that's it. I just choose stuff that I like. Um, what kind of music are we listening to right now? I think I'll just throw out one of my favorite bands right now. And that is a band from Texas called Quiet Company. Oh, yeah. Love, love, love them. And I've played their songs more than once on the show as well. There you go. So I also used to work in the music industry, and I am a musician. Uh, but I've always said, for being a musician, I'm surprisingly uninterested in music. So when I listen to music, which is not as often as, as I used to, but when I do, I usually tune into some kind of uh, pop 80s internet radio station and just listen to 99 Red Balloons or whatever else bullshit <laughs> that they play on that on those radio stations. And I can't get enough. I always flip from 80s radio station to other 80s radio station, and uh, that's generally what I listen to. Well, the 80s were your formative years, man. That's The 80s were probably when you first, like me, first got into music, right? Yeah, or even the you know 70s, 70s, 80s were... Uh, sure. You know, if I could find a, the perfect 70s, 80s radio show, radio podcast, uh, or radio whatever, I would listen listen to that. I've actually even uh, submitted my name for uh, a, an 80s, uh, 80s radio station online called uh, Boss Radio. Mm -hmm. uh, I submitted my name. They were looking for uh, DJs, people to program and play the music. And I thought, you know, I think that'd be interesting to do. They never got back to me. That's unfortunate. That yeah. would be fun, though, be a DJ, an 80s radio DJ. That'd be awesome. I'd love it. I'd play 99 Red Balloons, English and then German, then English, then German, just all day long. The 99 Red Balloons, all 24-hour <laughs> marathon <laughs> channel. That's right. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay, moving along. James from Oklahoma. Oh, one more thing. 
when I do play all the songs, I post links to the songs with each episode. So if you hear a song you like, go to talkingdeadpodcast.com and look at the post for that episode. There'll be links to iTunes and stuff for the songs. If you're ever wondering what it is, you can find it there. Cool, cool. James in Oklahoma, U.S. says, how long have you guys been podcasting in general? I think the I answer, well, what, the answer to that is about 10 years. About 10 years, 2005 was when we started. Here's our history the- of podcasting really quick. We In 2005, in the summer of 2005, Jason and I went up north to a cottage in uh, northern Ontario, and we built a trebuchet. If you don't know what that is, it's kind of like a catapult, right. a small one. And we videotaped the whole thing, recorded it, broke it up into episodes, and released that as a six-part video podcast. Um, it is, well, it's probably still out there somewhere. I think you could probably find it on YouTube, uh, but the website for it is long gone, and I don't think there's a feed of it existing anymore. But It was might... called Two Guys Hurling. <laughs> yes, it was. Hurling If you want to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's all out there still, so search on YouTube for that. Um And then we dabbled with a bunch of different just general pop culture podcasts for a few years that never really went anywhere, but were fun to do. Um, We we started actually doing this thing where we went to a, a, a brunch restaurant every Sunday and set up a little mixer and recorded us just talking about shit while we were eating brunch. Yep, it was good times. Which was good times. We did that at home for a little while. We did a show called Renerd Radio for a little while. Those were never really took off, and then when we decided that we wanted a wanted to do a podcast for a TV show, we didn't choose a TV show that existed already. We said if there's ever going to be a zombie TV show, we will cover that. And then The Walking Dead came along, and here we are. There we go. Five years later, that's basically it, and that's all happened in the last ten years or so. So, fun times. Good times. Uh, anything else to add to that one? No, that seems like a uh, so the there was. Two guys hurling, and then Breakfast for Geeks was the uh, the brunch podcast, right? And then we had Reenerd Radio, and then uh, which I really liked Reenerd Radio because we had uh, Reenerd Radio's random reviews where we uh, would randomly review something uh, every episode. Mm-hmm. And I remember you've reviewed your wife's haircut, mm-hmm. and I would you reviewed uh, a bunch of stuff, and I would review things like my mood. I reviewed my mood one day, mm-hmm. and I reviewed my T-shirt. Yeah, that I was wearing random. Those were, uh, those were awesome. That's right. <laughs> those were pretty fun. Uh, that, I don't know. That you might be able to find on iTunes still. I haven't looked it up in an awfully long time, so yeah. I don't know. Um, but don't go searching for those. Stick with what we're doing right now. Yeah, yeah, this is much better. <laughs> we've we've polished. Yeah, if this can be seen as polished. But, you know, generally, we're a lot better now than we were. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. I hope so, anyways. <laughs> Uh, all right, Diana in Ohio. Um, this one may be a late addition too, Jason. Yeah. Whatever happened to friend of the show Dave? What's he doing now? Friend of the show Dave, uh, he's kicking around. He just hasn't been on the show in a long time. We should invite him on the show. He still exists, definitely. Um, he is. Uh, he's out there. He draws comics most of the time now. He does a few comics. Uh, he was doing a zombie comic called Stranger. Um, he's doing something called Of Stone right now, which is about ogres. And very cool. He's working with other, you know, writers and artists. So, you know, I he has a few different presences on the internet. I'm not sure exactly what the best one to go to is, but if you go to renerd.tumblr.com, R-E-N-E-R-D.tumblr.com, he seems to have a lot of stuff there. And uh, if you want to check out what he's doing, you can find it there. But yeah, he's he's good. We're still in touch. We still chat. And we just haven't had him on the show in a long time. We should have him on the show. We should. 
or maybe he should phone in once in a while. Dick. If if we win the uh, <laughs> if we win the podcast awards, uh, we should make him play a character. It's a great idea. We yeah. should do that for sure. So we'll. Uh, I don't know, Dave, if you're listening, but if you're listening, you're uh, you're being roped into this this thing. If we win, that's right. You're gonna have to do a voice. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Ricky on the internet. What are your favorite podcasts beside your own? Jason, you go first on this one. Well, uh, I really like uh, This American Life and uh, Serial. I've listened to those. I uh, What else? Quirks and Quarks from uh, CBC I listen to every now and again. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was also listening to uh, a Dungeons & Dragons podcast for a long time. I listened to, they did one every every once in a while, but there was like 300 episodes. And I think I, f- I fell out after a while, but it was basically uh, a D&D game that they would record uh, and I would listen because I, I missed playing D&D. So I figured I'd listen to a podcast about it. What's a uh, critical hit mm-hmm. it's on the frog pants. Okay. Um, uh, what else? There, oh, there's, uh, it's also on frog pants. I forget the name of it. Let me look at my phone. Well, you frog pants, while I look. the film sack, if they're, if you're talking about film sack, that's one. the one. Thank you. Okay. I have not listened to film sack in a while, but I used to, in terms of what I'm listening to right now, um, I do listen to the Slash Filmcast, which is a show about movies. I listen to Film Spotting pretty regularly. Uh, another one about movies, of course. Um, I listen to Girl on Guy with Aisha Tyler a fair bit. Um, I'm not so into the the um, Leo Laporte stuff as I used to be. I used to listen to MacBreak Weekly often, but I've sort of fallen off of that one. Um, I like you and am, and am enjoying this American life. I listen to Serial along with everybody else in the world, uh, and I will listen to Serial when it comes back for their next season. Um, Leafs Lunch is a Toronto Maple Leafs podcast that uh, is just a podcast version of a radio show here in Toronto about the Leafs. I listen to that because I'm a huge fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And let's see, I listen to some other Walking Dead shows, but. Those probably aren't as interesting. We Have Concerns is another show that's fairly new with uh, two guys, Jeff Kanata and Anthony Carboni, who they take um, something going on in the real world and just sort of talk about it in a comedic way. And they're they're pretty good at that. And then um, A Cast of Kings, which is a Game of Thrones podcast, which is pretty good, but of course is only mm. on when the Game of Thrones is on. Um, if you're a podcast you know if you listen to a lot of podcasts you'll probably realize that some of these are sort of overlap with each other you know for example the slash film cast is the same guy that does a cast of kings and we have concerns as one of the other guys from the slash film cast so i've kind of stayed within that little neighborhood for a while um but yeah those are what i'm listening to right now whatever happened to hypothetical help is that still on frog pants thing that was a really good one um I don't know. I, I enjoyed that one as well. I don't know if it ever came back. They they stopped it for a while, and uh, but it was good. So I don't know. If that came back on, I might listen to that again. Yeah, that was Scott Johnson and some other guy. I forget the other guy's name, but uh, people would write in uh, just asking them questions uh, for help, and then they would uh, offer their advice. The Terpster, right? From Yeah, yeah. He was British, I think. Yeah, he's a British guy. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, any any others to mention? Or is, I think no, that that's it. Covers my list. Uh, Mark... Uh, oh, did I include another question from Mark on the Real Jersey Shore? I guess I did. I wonder if you guys both uh, had seen the TV show Fargo and what you thought about it. I feel it was the best show on TV after The Walking Dead, of course, and beautifully captured the atmosphere of the original movie. 
So yeah, I've seen Fargo. You've seen Fargo. Loved it. You uh, watched Fargo the movie because of the TV show, right? Because you had never watched Fargo the movie, much to my annoyance yes. over the years. Here's my experience with Fargo. I wanted to watch the TV show because I heard it was good, but I'm like, I got to watch the original film first. I've never seen it. So neither did my wife, which is weird. We sat down, we watched the movie, really enjoyed the movie, yeah, and then watched the TV show, basically started it right after. And for me... It was a great experience. I loved how the TV show was similar enough to the movie. It tied back into the movie in little subtle ways. And I'm glad that I watched them back to back. I don't think I would have picked up on everything if I had had years of separation between the movie and the TV version. Well, you could uh, watch, well, you could have watched it the way that I had watched Fargo, which is once every 18 months since it came out. Mm -hmm. I've seen Fargo the movie like, 10 times minimum. Like I've watched it over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, I also loved the television show. I thought it was fantastic. I kind of got into it. Uh, I had a hesitation in the TV show. I watched the first half of the first episode and kind of fell out and was like, yeah, it's okay. It's not great. Uh, you know, but meaning to go back to it because this was when it first aired. Uh, I watched the half of it. And then mm -hmm. once the entire season was out and I went back, you know what? I'm going to give this another try. And I watched the first episode and, oh my God, the second half of that first episode just sucked me right in. It uh, That was most excellent. And then I was uh, I was all in for the rest of the season. Everybody in it was so good. Billy Bob Thornton, Martin Freeman, who oh, I yeah. like Martin Freeman, but you wouldn't expect him to be good in this type of role. But he's clearly... Clearly was great. Allison Tolman as Molly was amazing. Yeah. Um, I just loved everything about it. I thought it was a great story. It was a little different. And yeah, it just, it tied back into the original movie really well, but it was also new and, and stood on its own. And I'm really looking forward to uh, the second season of it. Oh my God. I'm so looking forward to the second season. Yeah. So Fargo, great. If you haven't watched Fargo, go and watch it uh, right now. Right, or, yeah, stop the podcast and go watch it. Maybe when we're done the podcast. All right, whatever. Uh, all right, another Mark in the UK. Have you given any thought about what you guys will do when The Walking Dead eventually ends? I know it's years away, hopefully, but after listening to you guys regularly over the last few years, it's possible that I will miss The Talking Dead more than the actual show. Mm, I have no clue. Do you have a clue? Not really. I mean, I enjoy podcasting a lot, so I imagine we'll do something, but... Uh, I don't know. Um, I There'll know, be something. There's got to be something. Yeah, there's got to be something. I know some podcasts about TV shows, when the show ends, they go back and they start from the beginning and rewatch and stuff. I'm not sure I can see us doing that. Or No, it, it would be a zombie podcast. Like it's uh, a, you know, a, a podcast about a dead TV show. It's not only uh, a <sighs> podcast about a zombie television show, but it would be a, you know, an undead podcast. It would so, be. I don't think I would want to do that. I think when the when the show ends, this podcast will probably end. But I can guarantee that we'll do something because we just enjoy this kind of thing too much. Absolutely. I, I was going to say, if we did stick with The Walking Dead for a little while, maybe do, like, we wouldn't go back and do another, re, like, a new, another podcast about every episode, but maybe do chunks, like... Maybe do first half of season one, first half of season two, and, and go through that way and sort of re-experiencing it. But, you know, we'd be done after 10 or 12 episodes, and that would be that. So, um, but yeah, there'll be something. I don't know what we're going to do, but uh, you will know when we do. Have you rewatched the show? 
like uh, like season one, season two, three, and four? Not very much. No, I mean I watch everything a couple of times when it comes out, at least. But I haven't gone back to rewatch really. No, me neither. So maybe we'll do that because that'd be interesting. I've yeah, I've not gone back that to watch the first season since the first season aired, and same with the rest of them. So that'd that's, be interesting. That's what I mean. Like I don't know if we'll like watch one episode and do a podcast on one episode, but we might watch season one's only six so maybe we'll watch all of season one and then kind of talk about our experiences re-watching it and break seasons up into chunks maybe i don't know right and yeah seasons two through five all had mid-season finales and you know really two chunks of the season so that might make you know logical sense to do that yeah anyway that's a good idea i like that okay well we'll see like i said you will know when we know um jaeger from atlanta georgia it sounds like you two are not in the same room when recording uh, due to the comment about I'd punch you if you were in the same room <laughs> <laughs> and the stuff about power fluctuations. That was a couple of weeks ago. Is this true? Are you not? Are you two not in the same room recording? If that's so, what kind of tech are you guys using? Uh, not only are your voices so amazingly clear, but I don't notice any lag whatsoever. How are you guys making your shows? Well, Chris records usually on uh, Monday nights at about seven, and I do my half uh, the next night, or the, you know, early the next morning. So it's a couple, it's a few hours later. So we just kind of, you know, pass things around. You do the recording, and then you, uh, you know, you drive the videotape that you record onto uh, over to my house, and then I pop it in my recorder and we record it that way. That would be the most <laughs> difficult way to do it, and uh, yes. <laughs> no, we don't do that. We do, we're do we uh, recording at the same time, but we have a distributed recording system. Maybe you can describe it a little better than I can. I sit at my house. Jason sits at his house. Uh, we both have audio recording setups at our own places, um, you know, involving mixers and audio interfaces and stuff like that. And we get on Skype and we chat over Skype and we record each, we record ourselves locally, basically. So, so I record at my house, mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm recording my track at my house. You record your track at your house and you record my Skype track at your house. That's right. I record the Skype track just as a backup, basically. So if anything goes wrong, I at least have my audio and I have the Skype audio as well. Um, and you know, I involve a mixer and, uh, an interface and stuff like that. And I actually use two computers, so everything is separate. So I have my own voice track on one individual track in the recording software and, uh, Jason Skype on a separate one. So normally what I do then is when we're done, he sends me his local recorded file and I replace the Skype audio with his file, which just generally sounds better. I make sure it all syncs up and then, uh, I... Occasionally tighten things up a little bit just uh, around calls that we put in or any uh, bumper clips or stuff like that. And then uh, that's how we do it. And you put in the podcast music afterwards. Yeah, I play things live so that we can hear it. And I actually record those two on their own individual track in the software, um, like the music at the beginning and the bumpers and so on, so that we can hear things and respond to them, of course. But then... Sometimes I replace those with just, um, like I, I drop the file into the recording again just to get a better level or something like that, but sometimes I just leave them the way they record. We used to record in the same room. Mm -hmm. Like I used to live uh, pretty close to you, so every Monday night I would walk over to your house and record in the room, and then when I moved farther away, I would come to your house on Monday nights anyway, and we'd record in the same room. But it's been about uh, a year and a half now 
that uh, we've set up things to be able to record remotely. So I think it was a year ago, September, that we started recording uh, remotely. Yeah, and it's worked out really well, um, mostly because you don't have to drive so far here yeah, yeah, every like week. Um, but yeah, for a long time, we did record in the same room together. And that was a little easier because I didn't have to, you know, get his file and resync it and stuff like that and make sure everything was was lining up. But at the end of the day, this this way is just better for everybody. And it's not really that hard for me anyways. Yeah. And with Skype, uh, we, we don't record the video, but we do video chat and it makes it a lot easier to be able to read, uh, you know, conversational cues mm-hmm. uh, rather than because we've done pure audio uh, remote audio stuff with previous podcasts like Reynard Radio, we were distributed, you mean Dave. And that was awkward sometimes because he couldn't really tell uh, visually what was going on. It's much easier to have a you know a, a more relaxed conversation with the video going. Yeah, I don't know if, I mean, a lot of podcasts record remotely and I think a lot of podcasts just use the Skype audio at the end of right. the day, um, which usually sounds okay, but it's still a little more telephony than I like. Um, and, but you're right. I don't know if other people use video on Skype or not. I think it really, really helps. And I I enjoy doing it, but we've done, yeah, like even on this show, we've done the odd one where we've only done audio because Skype is doing something weird or like one of us isn't in our normal home recording studio. Sometimes when I travel, I take, I take some, you know, a, a little mini version of the interface that I have and, and my microphone and I can record from a hotel room or something like that. So we just make it work wherever we are, but at the end of the day, we record our own audio tracks, and then I put them together before I release it. Yeah, and my favorite piece of uh, audio equipment that I have in my home is my handy little mute button that I have here, uh, which I tend to clear my throat a lot, so I, uh, when Chris is talking, usually I'll press the mute button and clear my throat. So I, I love my mute button, which I can use to talk like this if I really clicked it quickly. You don't want to do that very often. <laughs> no, <laughs> but uh, the nice thing is uh, sometimes when I'm working from home and I use my audio equipment for conference calls, my uh, my mute button, I can switch to push to talk, which means I'm muted all the time unless I hammer down the button, which makes it easy because then I can just ignore the call until somebody asks me a question. There you go. If anybody I work with is listening, I don't do that ever. No, of course not. Um it- and that's that's about it. If anyone is interested in the actual like microphones and things like that that we use, just send an email to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail dot com, and I'll I'll get back to you with that. Uh, I don't know if we need to go into it now, but uh, some people do want to know those things too. So, yeah. All right, moving right along. So here's a question that we expected to get. JP in New Zealand writes, "Dude, what the hell?" I know, right? It's a good answer. That's my answer. <laughs> All right. Uh, there you go. Uh, we knew Jason would have to answer that one, and he did. All right. This one is a call from Neil in Calgary. It's the only, I think it's the only call we got. Here we go. Hey, Chris and Jason. It's Neil from Calgary. I'm just calling for an Ask Us Anything question. Uh, a little while ago, I called and accidentally called you, Jason and Eric. Uh, are you sure your name is not Eric? So that's a question. I'm pretty sure. I'd say I'm 98% sure that my name's not Eric. I've never scrutinized your ID. Do you have your wallet in uh, the vicinity? Maybe you could hold up your uh, uh, your passport or maybe your driver's license to the camera and uh, I could verify. But no, you can't. So, you know, he's pretty sure. I'm less sure. I'm probably only 75% sure that his <laughs> name is Chris because I've never <laughs> seen ID. I've never seen a pay stub. Uh yeah, I only have your word for it, pal. You've never carded me to get my actual my actual identity. 
That's right. Yeah, I'm only 75% sure. All right. Well, I'm I'm 95% sure people call me Chris. Uh, you know, I refer to myself as Chris when I'm when I'm sitting at work and someone wants to ask me a question, they say, "Hey Chris," and I respond. So, I'm pretty sure that's my name, but if it's not, I I I'm happy to respond to what it actually is. Maybe I've heard your mom call you Chris. That's a pretty good indicator. It's a pretty good indicator. Yeah, that's that's that happens all the time. Um you know, if you ask my kids what my name is, they'll usually say daddy or dad, right. but sometimes they say Chris. So, you know, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure that's what it is. Right. <laughs> but thanks for the question, uh, Neil. Um, Bo on the internet. Is this one that I didn't include originally? Uh, that's correct. All right. I, I, I added two or three questions after that's I fine. sent this list to Jason. Bo on the internet. One of my biggest fears in life is on the verge of happening. I'm afraid that my chest hair and beard hair are about to grow continuously <laughs> together, and I won't know where to start shaving. Should I shave it all, or should I braid it all in cornrows? Well, I can. Uh, I have a beard. Well, I don't have a beard, but I can grow a beard, and I've had a beard in the past. Uh, chest hair is a little bit uh, more of a nebulous thing for me, uh, <laughs> so they don't mix and match. I'm not sure. I Have I seen you shirtless? Probably. But... Uh, <laughs> I don't well, know. I mean, we did the we did the uh, the two guys hurling thing, and we were in the in the water swimming uh, after the uh, you know the golf balls were thrown. So I think you were shirtless for that. I was. That was ten years ago. I was probably a little thinner then too. Yeah. Well, that anyway. Do you have chest hair? Do you have this problem, Chris? Is basically what I'm wondering. Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a hairy enough guy. I I definitely have chest hair, and uh, I don't really. Like, I'm not out of control, Harry, but I don't, uh, this is probably too much information, but I don't really do anything about the chest hair. It's just there. I don't like shave it off or anything. You don't wax it. No, no. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, uh, what was, what was his question? It's, uh, it's about to grow together his beard and his chest hair. Should he shave it all or braid it into cornrows? I would recommend against the cornrows just because of the sheer volume of work involved. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessary. Uh, I don't know if I'd go as far as shaving at all either. I would say shave uh, from the t-shirt line up. If you're going to shave your beard, start start at the t-shirt line. Okay. Um, I think that I am. I I grow a pretty good beard too, and I always have some sort of beard. Um, so I am on board with the beard. So I think if you're going to shave, sh- get rid of the chest hair and keep the massive, awesome beard because. Nothing more manly than a dude with a big beard. Oh, my God. Shave the chin all the way down to your navel and have the largest mutton chops ever. See? There's all kinds of good things you could do. <laughs> um, I'm on board with shave, with keeping the beard and cleaning up the chest. Yeah. All right, then. <laughs> all right. Uh, Ken on the internet. Have either of you been fans of the band Kiss? I do a podcast about them called The Podkissed since 2007. I'm going to look up the podcast and I might uh, check them out. I've, I know of the band Kiss. I don't own any of their albums. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I like what I've heard. I've never seen a concert. I've never uh, owned an album. Uh, so I don't know if I'd, I'd be qualified to be a fan. How about you? Um, I'm kind of like you. I've never been a huge fan of Kiss, but I don't mind them at all. When I hear a Kiss song, I'm, I'm good. Like it's an enjoyable experience, but I've, I've never honestly been a really, really dedicated Kiss fan. Like, I know there are many out there, right? Um, I like classic rock. I like all kinds of bands like that. It's just Kiss is a bit of a blind spot in my music uh, music history or music knowledge. So 
um, yeah, I have nothing against Kiss. I think they're fine. And I would be, you know, I might check out the podcast as well. If, if you're a huge Kiss fan, anyone listening, it's the Podkist, P-O-D-K-I-S-S-T. And it sounds like it's been around for a long time. January 2007. I'm looking at the site right now. And there we go. Uh, been a, it's been a while. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Kiss is, uh, Kiss is okay in my book, but I'm, I, I wouldn't consider myself a huge fan. Right. Um, okay, Jeremy in Waco, Texas. Who is more important, the architect or the engineer, and why? So I think both the architect and the and the engineer play a very important role in the uh, in the process, and I'm not sure that I could weight them as far as more important. I think they're both critical to the success of whatever project that they're working on. So architects design the building, and engineers build the building. Is that a simplified? Is that too simple a definition of each? Uh, well, I don't know. I think the if you ask either of them, yes, because, yeah, I'm not sure where the architect leaves off and the engineer begins. Uh, the architect would be the designer. The engineer would be the, well, they also do design work, so that's why I'm a little bit confused. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I would think my understanding of the two is the architect kind of designs the building and oversees the project, right? Right. The engineer yeah. is the guy who has to make sure that the foundation is solid and that the the building has internal structures to keep it upright and and um, you know, an the architect does that too, though, right? Well, I guess the architect does that too. They do overlap to a certain amount, but yeah. when it comes down to the actual putting of materials together that's more engineer job right. or making sure that the uh that the actual meets the design as right. well as uh, making sure the architect's not a complete moron because you didn't design these footings big enough what are you an idiot and the engineer uh, so they the engineer is very important in that regard i would think mm-hmm. so both critical so both are critical but we have to choose one jason his question is who is more important so i think we don't want to sit on the fence here i'm going to choose Engineer. Uh, well, I'm going to go have, uh, have to choose architect just to balance that out. Because engineers, now I know we just said that they overlap, but the enge- at the end of the day, the engineer is the one who's making sure this building is safe and doesn't fall down and kill people. The architect is the guy who's making it pretty. Uh, well, the architect uh, is also <laughs> choosing materials and making sure that... Uh, you know, that the, the materials and the, the specifications uh, aren't going to be a danger either. Like, look at the uh, the Narrows, Tacoma Narrows Bridge. The architect designed that. It all looked well and good until they got 44-mile-an-hour uh, winds, which, you know, had a, a, a you know, a, what was it, a complementary residence frequency, which got that, that uh, bridge swaying all over the place, and it fell down. You know, whose fault was that? Was it the engineers? No, because they specified that, you know, the architect said build it this way and everything looked fine and they built it that way and the damn thing fell down and killed a dog. There was a dog in the car <laughs> right. on that on that bridge that uh, the owners couldn't coax out from under the seat because it was so terrified. So they had to leave the dog behind and the dog died. Right. But so in that that's case. The architect's, that's, the, that's the architect's fault. Okay, but the engineer should have, in my opinion, being the more important of the two, should have said, you've missed something here. Why did he just go ahead and build it like that? Well, because they didn't know that uh, so, resonance frequency of a constant wind would have that kind of impact on right. uh, on the bridge. But the architect, that's why the architect is so important, is because they have to foresee things that the engineer won't give a shit about. Here's another question. Could you... 
in theory, I think a building could be built by just an engineer without involving an architect. This is, I'm sure I'm going to get torn apart for that, but I don't think a building could be built by an architect without an engineer. All right. So I think a vast majority of houses uh, are built without involving an architect because it's based on past designs and uh, tried and true uh, design patterns for houses, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which have all been done by an architect previously. Yes, an engineer could do that, but it would be based on information that originally came from an architect at one point. Hmm. Well, okay. I don't know. I guess, I guess, uh, neither or both are the most important. But that's why I say they're both critical to the uh, success of a project. They are definitely both critical, but I'm just trying to choose one. I'm trying to answer Jeremy's question the best I can. Well, then it's obviously architect. I think it's obviously engineer. (laughs) (laughs) And by engineer, I mean the guy who drives a train. He's clearly more important than either of those guys. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Well, architect can't drive a train. Come on. No, come on. (laughs) Ridiculous. Uh, Christian on the internet writes, this is a question for you, Jason. Yeah. If you have one bucket that holds two gallons and yeah. another bucket that holds five gallons, how many yeah. buckets do you have? You have seven gallons. But how many buckets do you have? Oh, you have seven <laughs> buckets, each holding a gallon. <laughs> no, you got two buckets. Two buckets. <laughs> Kick those buckets, spill seven gallons. That's right. Two buckets, not seven. Thank you, Christian. Bianca from Manila, Philippines. Aside from Star Wars, episodes four to six, what are your top three favorite movies? It could be of all time or at the moment. You want me to go ahead? Go ahead. Okay, so I have uh, I have four movies. Uh, two of them are tied for third. So the first movie uh, is Doctor Strangelove, mm-hmm. because I absolutely love, love, love that movie. I could watch it a million times. Uh, Peter Sellers, I just love that movie. There's nothing I don't like about that movie. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Uh, the second one is The Jerk. Good. Uh, I absolutely love The Jerk. I thought I liked it. Uh, for years, I'd watch it on TV. I'd see it, you know, uh, it, would, it was obviously an edited version. But then uh, there was a, a movie theater in downtown Toronto that used to show uh, midnight movies on Fridays and Saturday nights, and they'd show old movies. Mm-hmm. And one time they showed The Jerk. So I went to see it, and it was by far the funniest thing I had ever seen in my whole life. Yeah. I absolutely love that movie. I could quote it. I've quoted it on this podcast. Super funny movie. Yeah. And the third one is kind of a tie. And uh, I can't really decide which one I liked more, um, both for very different reasons. One is, um, I'm drawing a blank on the name. Oh my God, you didn't write so you it down? Go ahead. You go ahead and talk about your top three and then I'll, I'll think about this. Okay, so this is a difficult question for me. Um, just to address Star Wars really quick, uh, episodes four to six, the original trilogy, I do love. I think Empire Strikes Back is is a great film. Um, and I used to say Empire Strikes Back was on my like top five list movies of all time, but I'm not so sure anymore. Um, and there's reasons for that that maybe we can get into some other time. Um, but doing my top three is, is tough. Um, I do think Back to the Future is a perfect film and I watch it over and over again never get tired of it have pretty much memorized every line of dialogue in the movie it, you know I could I could basically recite that film if I needed to right um I love 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 back to the future watch it at least twice a year at least so that's got to be on there for sure um I kind of agree that Dr Strange Love is a really good movie um but I don't know if I'd put it in my top 3 
I recently rewatched 2001 Space Odyssey, and I realized that I love that movie, too. Um, I could watch it over and over again. But I must admit, my appreciation for that movie goes hand in hand with the book version that Arthur C. Clarke wrote. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I love both of them, and I think both of them enhance your, your appreciation of the other. So you really have to take both of those together. Um, and then I know it's cliche, but The Shawshank Redemption is a really, really good movie. Everyone includes that on their list of favorite movies. But at the end of the day, it's amazing. And I, I think one of the reasons I love it is because I went, I saw it in a movie theater when I lived in Ottawa many years ago. Went to a double feature at a small movie theater um, at the time, which was bizarre because it was The Shawshank Redemption and Pink Floyd's The Wall. Nice. And I went there to watch The Wall because I had never seen it and I wanted to see that and I was into Pink Floyd and so on and ended up thinking The Wall was really weird and wasn't really for me and I didn't really wasn't totally on board with it. But I went in not knowing anything about Shawshank, having never even really heard of it and thinking to myself, all right, we just got to get through this first movie before we get to see The Wall. Right. And then I walked out at the end of the night and was like blown away by the Shawshank Redemption and disappointed by the wall so i was just it was just set up as one of those unexpected fantastic movie experiences for me now i might have liked it just as much had i heard all the hype and gone in and known what i was going to get but it made it better because i didn't so um shawshank redemption back to the future uh 2001 a space odyssey and um my favorite movie that i've seen in the last little while was probably kingsman secret service Right. Fun, fun movie. I saw that uh, one day apart from seeing Chappie, and I hated Chappie. So, yeah. So, uh, Chappie? Kingsman, really good. Chappie was terrible, in my opinion. So, that's it. Did you think of the one you were thinking of? I did. So, I got a tie for, uh, for third place, and uh, one is Pulp Fiction, which I walked out of that movie thinking, uh, I wish I had never seen it because I want to see it again for the first time. Mm-hmm. So I've seen it a couple of times since then, but just that first viewing just kind of totally blew me away. And the second one, uh, and it kind of had to do with a, a, you know, just a a point in my life that it just meant a lot to me and was very entertaining is the matrix. And I remember I saw that on April 3rd, 1999. And I remember seeing that movie. I remember uh, thinking that it's been a long time since I've seen a true science fiction movie that uh, had a, there was just so much that I loved about that movie, about uh, the actors all learning Kung Fu in order to have this fight scenes be as realistic as possible. I went into it having, having a complete preconception of what was going to happen. And I've mentioned, I think I've mentioned the, uh, the tabletop role-playing game Shadowrun. And I, there is something in, in Shadowrun called The Matrix, which is basically the internet on steroids. So I thought that this was a Shadowrun movie, that they finally made a Shadowrun movie and I would go see it and it totally wasn't a Shadowrun movie and uh i really liked it and i went to see it with uh, my girlfriend at the time and uh, right after the movie we went for coffee and she dumped me oh but uh, <laughs> and i remember sitting down for coffee and just a look on her face and i was thinking scott my roommate is going to ask me what i thought of the movie and i was going and i thought i would tell him movie was great maggie dumped me and that's exactly <laughs> what happened interesting all right yeah uh pulp fiction i agree with for sure but i didn't have the same experience the first time i watched it it's funny i was out last night for dinner with some people and we were talking about Quentin Tarantino movies and um, we we were all sort of saying how the first time we saw Pulp Fiction, we didn't really um, 
get it for lack of a, of a better word but subsequently i've seen it and it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant once you realize that the whole movie is samuel l jackson's redemption story yeah. it i felt like i missed that or didn't really pick up on that the first time and maybe that's me but uh once i figured that out i really really learned to to love that film and it is really good but um just to sort of remind myself about some other of my favorite movies i'm looking at the imdb top 250 and you know, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is one of my favorite films for sure. Um, and there was another one on here that I noticed that uh, I don't know if I can find right now. Oh, one here that I want to just mention is American Beauty. Do you remember American Beauty? I do. We just watched that again uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago. I'm Well, maybe you should tell me what you think of it because I'm worried to watch that again. I saw that again. No, watch it again. It was really good. Okay, good. Well, I, I was worried. Up. Because I wasn't sure it would hold up. And I remember, again, it was another really um, awesome movie viewing experience that made that maybe enhanced my appreciation of that movie. Um, again, went into it not knowing anything about it, went, saw it in a country in Europe with a, a friend, uh, didn't see a lot of movies when we were in Europe. Wife and I lived there for a little while um, and, uh, and, and came out loving it, thinking totally, totally on board with this movie. Absolutely loved it. And I think I have seen it since then, but it's been a really long time. And I've kind of worried that maybe it doesn't hold up very well because I do feel like it was kind of really rooted in the late 90s, the time period and so on. But Oh, but your brain is kind of rooted in the late 90s anyway. Mine yeah. is at least. So yeah, it's no problem. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, that's, that's a good point. So all right, if you say I should watch it again, then then maybe I'll go back and watch it. It's uh, I loved it at the time. Yeah. And as far as my favorite, favorite, favorite movies go, I mean, what you need to do, Chris, you and every listener out there is go and watch uh, Dr. Strangelove and then Failsafe, which is another movie about uh, uh, nuclear powers clashing with Peter Fonda. Uh, it is an amazing double feature. Okay. I absolutely, I remember watching that, uh, remember Saturday night at the movies they used to have on TV? Yeah. There was a double feature one time, which is where I saw both those movies for the first time. This was back in the 90s sometime. And uh, I just, I fell in love with both of them. But I've seen Dr. Strangelove like six times since then. It's just such an amazing movie. It's good. I, I The first time I saw Dr. Strangelove was after you told me at some point that it was one of your favorite films. We and watched it together. Did we? Yeah, we did. You and I, your wife was out with my wife or something, or my girlfriend at the time. Uh, they were gone. They might have gone. Remember that time they went to New York and we watched all of Battlestar Galactica? Yes, I do. <laughs> I think we watched Dr. Strangelove that same weekend. Boy, so we, we put some ass grooves <laughs> in the couch that weekend. Oh, man. we sure did. Yeah, we basically, <laughs> Friday night, we sat down and didn't get up until you had to go to the airport to pick up our wives. <laughs> man. Okay, maybe we watched it. Maybe that was it then. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. I've seen it since. Um, just for fun fact, um, on the IMDb Top 250, Back to the Future is number 50 currently with a star rating of 8.5. Dr. Strangelove is one position ahead of it at number 49. Perfect. So there you go. Um, and Shawshank is the highest rated number one movie on the on the list right now. There you go. Uh, okay. Rebecca from Lancashire, UK. What countries have you traveled to? Which was your favorite? And where would you love to visit? Is her first question. All right, you go first. So I've traveled pretty extensively. I feel like I have anyways. Uh, I've traveled all over Canada, where we're from. I've done pretty extensive traveling in the U.S. I've been all up and down the eastern seaboard. I've been out to California, to Texas. So I've been out on the west coast a little bit, spent a lot of time in Florida over the years. 
Um, I haven't spent a lot of time in the sort of Midwest or the middle of the states, but I have been out to Chicago and uh, stuff like that. Um, outside of North America, I've been to Costa Rica, which I really enjoyed. And then I've traveled around Europe a fair bit. Um, I mentioned a few minutes ago, actually, that just after we got married, my wife and I lived in Europe. We lived in Prague for a year, which was really fun. She has family there, so that's why we went over there to experience that. And part of that trip was, you know, traveling around Europe. We ended up going to Austria, Italy, France, um, the United Kingdom, well, England, uh, Denmark, and a little bit of Germany. And I think that's it. But we took the train around, went to various cities. So, um, and since then I've been to Ireland and, and a few other places. So I've gotten around Europe a fair bit. Um, but I've never traveled to Africa, anywhere in Asia, or or really South America. Although Costa Rica is pretty close. There you go. There now, you go. What would you? Where would you love to visit? Where would I love to visit? Um, I would love to visit Japan. I think Tokyo seems like a really amazing place. I'd like to go there. I'd like to. I would like to go down to like Ecuador and Galapagos and stuff like that. I think that would be really fun. Um, and, oh, I've never been to Australia or New Zealand. I, I think those would be great places to visit, too. I love, love traveling. I'm a real travel person. I, we, you know, we rarely take a vacation, you know, take time off of work without going away somewhere. So I just love experiencing new countries, new cities, new food, new uh, cultures, everything like that. I love it. It's the one thing I think is important in life, and it's, I like you know, now that we have kids too, I just enjoy taking them places and showing them do things and having new experiences for them. So I'm a big travel guy, really big travel guy. So honestly, I would love to go almost anywhere. I mean, there's some places in the world that I don't really consider all that safe and stuff like that. So I'd avoid those, but yeah, um, lots of, lots of places I'd love to go. Well, there you go. For me, I've traveled, uh, you know, I've been through throughout Canada and the U.S., uh, similar to you, maybe not as extensively to the U.S. I've never been south of the U.S. I've never been to Europe, uh, but I was in the clown band that went to Asia a few times. Mm -hmm. So I've been to China, Malaysia, Singapore, uh, the Philippines, uh, you know, and I've seen the airports in Tokyo and Seoul, Korea. So I've, you know, technically been on those in those countries, but uh, haven't seen a whole lot. Uh, where would I like to travel? I really want to go to Europe. I want to go to Rome specifically. I mm -hmm. want to, uh, and, uh, maybe the South of France would be kind of nice, including Nice. Mm -hmm. And, uh, <laughs> zing, <laughs> zing. Uh, most recently what I really want to do is we'll go to, go to Washington, DC. I want to, I, I don't know what it is. I just, I have this itching to go to, down to Washington, DC and, uh, uh, hang out down there for a while. Visit museums. Visit the Smithsonian. Yeah, Washington. Visit the Smithsonian. I could spend a week in the Smithsonian. I would love it. It's great. Washington D.C. is really good. I've I've been there, and and I went to the Air and Space Museum and stuff like that. It's yeah. really really fun. Um, you should do an Italy trip, man. I haven't actually been to Rome, but I've been to Florence and Siena and Venice and uh, um, part of the Cinque Terre, which is the this part of the coast of Italy on the Mediterranean. Really beautiful country, man. You should do a Rome trip. I highly recommend it. And Finland. I've always wanted to go to Finland. I always consider Finland the Canada of Europe. So I want to go to Finland. Right. And Monty Python made them famous. <laughs> With Did they? Uh, Finland, Finland, Finland. Oh, I see. I've always kind of known where they were, so it's hard, uh, it's hard to 
consider Finland famous or famous well, or not famous? Maybe Monty Python didn't make Finland famous because, you know, <laughs> Finland is a whole country and they're known for lots of things, I'm sure. But yeah. anyways, Monty Python did a song. Um, yeah, I have, I now have family living in Sweden too. So I would like to take a trip to Stockholm and, oh, that'd be nice. and visit some, visit Sweden. Um, I have a cousin living not in Stockholm, but in another city that's closer to Denmark, actually. She's, she flies to Copenhagen and then, uh, crosses the water to, oh, I forget the name of the city. Anyways, it's right there. So a Swedish trip might be in the cards for me sometime soon. Nice. All right, uh, Rebecca had another quick question, too. Do you have any pets? If not, why? Well, I know, Chris, you don't currently have any pets, but you had a cat. Uh, what was yeah. your cat's name? Over the years, I've had cats. We had a cat, um, and we had a fish for a little while. The fish was mostly because, you know, we have kids. So on a whim, we bought a fish. <laughs> um, and we had a cat, which isn't with us anymore. Um, currently, no pets, though, no. Currently no pets. I have we have two cats. We have Rosie and Lily, who are sisters, and uh, they definitely have personalities. And they're dumb. They're really stupid. <laughs> well, and if we let them outside, they'd probably end up killing themselves within four hours. Neither of them are outdoor cats, eh? No, they're indoor cats because they're too dumb to go outside. Yep. Well, um, I I'm a pet guy, but I do have allergies to pets. Um, if if cats are around, I get used to them. So the first little while with a cat is bad for me, but then I seem to get accustomed to it. Um, I'm allergic to dogs too, but the kids have really been bugging me for a dog. So you should get a dog. <laughs> we might get a dog at some Newfoundlander. point. Newfoundlander. No, no, Come I want. On. No, that's way too big. If I lived on a farm, sure, giant dog. But I want a Wheaton Terrier. God, oh, those are great dogs. You but, should get a dog big enough to pull a sled, because then that's what the perfect thing for cat kids are. Is you just uh, you know the dog pulls the kids around. Uh, that would be hilarious and all, but no, it just, we can't, our house isn't big enough for an enormous dog like that. Um, a guy I work with has a really great Wheaton and, uh, I love it. Now, part of it is because he's very, the dog is very well trained and, uh, and it's just a very well behaved dog. And I like that, but I do worry about the time and effort spent in, you know, taking a dog and training it and all that because they don't come that way. So... No, they don't. Um, you know, I can see that happening at some point down the road, maybe when my kids are a little older, a little bit older. We'll see. All right, Sam in Connecticut. Oh, hey, look at this. We already covered this. Jason, how many cats do you have? What are their names? Can you post a picture of you and your kitties? Um, and what are your thoughts on crazy cat ladies? <laughs> well, uh, I am pretty much a crazy cat lady. Uh, I would love to get a whole bunch of cats. I like cats. Uh, I also like dogs, but I've always had uh, I've always had a cat somewhere. And, uh, I, I, you know, my cats are dumb. Rosie and Lily are dumb, but, uh, I, I do love them. And Rosie is more cuddly to me than Lily. Lily bar barely tolerates me. Mm -hmm. But, uh, the other night she did sleep on my leg, uh, hmm. which is completely out of character for her. So I've been making fun of her for it for the last couple of days. Right. And she's looking at me like, uh, I don't want to talk about it. So I think she's more embarrassed than anything. All right. Well, um, would you post a picture of you and your cats? Uh, I don't know if I have a picture of me and my cats, but uh, I'll definitely, you know, there's lots of pictures of my cats, but I don't know if there's any pictures of me and my cats. All right. Well, maybe we'll uh, make that happen. All right. So let me, I'll make a note here. Uh, you know, cat picture. Cat picture. Okay. Um, all right. And any more thoughts on crazy cat ladies? Yeah, I'm pretty much a crazy cat lady. If I had, uh, if I had a choice, I'd get 17 more cats. <laughs> so you support crazy cat ladies. I really do. <laughs> all I right, really good. do. I like cats. 
Perfect. I do too. Kyle from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Is it true that all Canadians are jealous of Americans? I'm jealous of America. Maybe not Americans. How do you like, uh, explain? The, the, the land. I really like California. I kind of wish it was within oh. the Canadian borders so that uh, I could get there easily and without having to go through customs. Oh, God, I agree with that. So, you know, and there's a lot of neat features down uh, down in the U.S. that uh, I really, really like, so, and I'm jealous that they have. But uh, I'm not sure I'm necessarily jealous of, jealous of Americans. I am, I mean, put it this way. I love being Canadian. I think there are lots of great things about being Canadian. And I don't really think there are too many downsides. One of them is probably the weather, at least where we live. Um, the Toronto weather, especially the last couple of years, the winter has just been redonkulous, like cold and snowy, and I just hate it. Although there are worse places to be. My sister lives in New Brunswick, and the Maritimes this year have just been insane. They've got, they've had like... 30 feet of snow and you know he looks they couldn't even get out of their house for a while and you look out the backyard and they have a swing set that their kids used to use swing set you know it's like seven eight feet tall it was buried you couldn't see it for a while and crazy that would just uh drive me nuts even though here we had a fair bit of snow but mostly just insane cold so um i am not happy about the weather in canada but there are lots of things about this country that i love and i wouldn't trade for anything and so on but you're right. There are things about the United States that I like too. Anything you want, you know, you can get. <laughs> Pretty much. They they and and we're certainly not, you know, lacking for stuff up here in Canada, but when it, when some when a company puts out a new product or a service like television services or whatever, um it's always available in the states first. And we have to wait or, you know, we don't get what we want kind of thing. Right now, I wish that, uh, you know, Sling TV, they introduced their streaming, live streaming TV service. I want that in Canada because it looks great. And frankly, AMC is on it. And it would just make that my life easier for watching AMC. Right. Um, but it's not available up here. Um, you know what else? Uh, you know, a couple of things that uh, Americans have available to them that I uh, don't have that I'm a little bit jealous of. Uh, and it's like woodworking stuff. Like there's denatured alcohol which is, uh, you, you can't get in Canada because hmm. uh, it's basically uh, pure methyl alcohol, which is completely drinkable, which is why they call it denatured. They add something to it in order to make it not drinkable so that people won't drink the damn thing. Right. Uh, the second one is uh, there is a, uh, a plastic solvent that I've been uh, <laughs> looking for in the last little while to be able to completely fuse Lego bricks together uh -huh. that the, uh, the Lego builders, professional Lego builders use to build large things. You can't get it in Canada. It's uh, ethyl, methyl, whatever it is. I think it's, you can use it to start a meth lab. So you're not, you're not allowed to import it into Canada. So I can't get that. Mm -hmm. For brass knuckles, you can't buy brass knuckles in Canada. No, you're, well, see, there are things we just don't have up here that we wish we did. Right. Like all this kind of stuff. I wouldn't have thought of any of those things, but uh, hey, if, if, if you need it for some reason, then yeah, that's annoying. Oh, and uh, Amazon dot, uh, Amazon, the U.S. Amazon store won't ship to Canada for certain things. There was a cat sitter video that uh, Jenny and I have wanted for a long time that they would not ship to Canada what, for it, some reason. It only comes on DVD or whatever? It came on DVD. Jenny had a VHS <laughs> of it that uh, she'd put on for Rosie and Lily. Lily just loved it because it had like uh, squirrels and birds and things, and she would sit there and watch it. But uh, just recently, they opened it up, so we were able to order the cat sitter video on DVD, which uh, just arrived the other day, and Lily just loves it 
All right. Well, I agree with you about California for sure. I wish California was part of Canada. I'd be there all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Love it down there. So, you know, having gone run through all this, it kind of sounds like we are jealous of Americans, but at the end of the day, Canada's a pretty awesome place and I don't really think of my I don't really think all the time that boy, I wish I wish this was America or whatever. So, yeah. And We're, you know, the the plus side is I can walk into uh I can walk into a mall down the street and I'm pretty sure nobody in that mall has brass knuckles. So, that's comforting. Yeah, no, that's really good. Next question, Camille in Denmark. Name three things that are within your eyesight right now that you would take with you if a zombie apocalypse started this very second. So, am I allowed to turn my head? Uh, yes, you can turn your head. It's things within your vision range at this moment. All right. Uh, I can't think of anything useful. Yeah, maybe I have... A, maybe an extension cord in order to tie up uh, logs to make a tent. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. There's um, a lot of Lego in this room, which is completely useless. There is nothing really in, in within my eyesight that I can... Well, there's a pair of scissors. I guess if it's in my eyesight, I take the scissors. They're good for stabbing and cutting in a pinch. Yeah. Um, I can see a guitar. I can see a lot of board games. I can see my phone. I guess I would maybe take my phone. Not that it would do much, but maybe... Well, it'd work for a while. It'd work right? for a while, yeah. Um, so scissors, phone, um, just out of my field of vision, like around the corner through a door, there's a closet full of tools and stuff. So if those That'd were allowed, good. I'd pick something out of there to take um uh, there's tweezers uh there i've got a ruler which could be used as a like it's a metal ruler so that could be good uh i've got toenail clippers i'd bring those okay um, well we're it sounds like we're woefully un underprepared here i mean well yeah within eyesight i mean by the time i get out the door i could probably see like 17 things that i would take with me like uh, food and drink and uh more clothing because i'm you know I'm wearing my podcasting pants, right. which is not great for... They're not my zombie apocalypse pants, that's no, for sure. That's for sure, yeah. Um, a lot of, you know, I if I look over this way, I, I do have a lot of cabling, like USB and audio cables. So maybe those for tying things up, like you said. There are There's a box of batteries over there, so batteries might be helpful. Oh, yeah. Sack full of batteries, that couldn't hurt. Yeah. So uh, I think the bongo drum over there wouldn't really be all that helpful, though. So, Yeah. So uh, if I'm stuck with what I got right here, I'm pretty screwed. Yeah, me too. All right. Uh, thank you. Jeff on the internet, please provide wisdom on how to understand how women think. I'm lost. All right. So Chris and I have 15... How, how long have you been married now? 15 years. Oh, yeah. So we got 20 years of marriage experience under our belt. You way more than me. And uh, I'm a little lost too still. How about you? <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe a little bit. Um, uh, I mean, I can I can probably answer how my wife thinks, but I don't think that gives me in, in any particular insight into how women think. Mm, that's a good point. I think I could probably do the same thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, they probably in a lot of ways. Do you think men and women really think that differently? No, not really. I don't know what you're thinking at any given time. Uh, you know, I don't know what other people are thinking. I don't know if it's a man-woman thing. I think it's a self-other people thing. Mm. And the I think if you can find someone that you do understand, then uh, all the power to you and marry them. Stick with it. Yeah. 
So, uh, and my wife saw this question when we were looking at them uh, earlier today and she said, uh, tell them just to do what they're told. So <laughs> that's probably pretty good wisdom too. Just do as you're told and uh, you'll get along okay. All right. Well, now we know how you guys work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we're totally not helpful on that one, but yeah. let's move on. Austin in Tennessee. What are a couple of your favorite apps on your phone? Uh, well, if you can consider the phone an app, I like the phone app on my phone. Okay. It's useful. Yeah. Yeah. I, the texting app, the mm-hmm. email app, the audible app, my podcast app. Uh, I have an, I have a Reddit app that I use all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I dislike my Facebook app. Uh, I dislike the fact that it seems that I have to install another app in order to see my Facebook messages which just pisses me off, so I didn't do that. So if you ever send me a Facebook message, I am definitely not getting it on my phone. Okay. Uh, I have a couple of banking apps that I use. Yeah. Well, here's the the, the top apps I use are the built-in messages one, um, the email app, Facebook, Twitter, Dig. I use the Dig Reader app as an RSS reader. Um, Downcast is a good podcast listening app. And ESPN's Fantasy Hockey app I use a lot to keep track of my uh, Fantasy Hockey League. And those are the ones I probably use the most. But uh, second tier would be things like 1Password for keeping all that stuff straight. CBC News app. Um, Audible is a good one too, although I go through phases with listening to audiobooks. I haven't listened to one in a while. Um, And... uh, yeah, even though I have tons of other apps on the phone, those are those are the most popular ones, I think. I have a ukulele tuner app. Oh, for I bet tuning you, my ukulele. I bet you use that all the time. I use it every now and again. I have a ukulele downstairs, and every once in a while, I'll tune it and play the three things that I know, and then move on with my life. All right. Well, very very good. So there you have it. That's what we're using on our phones right now. Neil in Wakefield, England says, I've only recently discovered your podcast and started listening while I was watching season five. I love the show and I'm now up to date. So I've decided to start listening from episode one. Anyway, my question for you is, my dog's got no nose. How does he smell? Awful. (laughs) Terrible. That's the stinkiest (laughs) dog I've ever encountered, I bet. Okay, so that was a joke in the clown band. So I assume we that I had uh, mentioned that somewhere in the podcast over the years. Oh, really? Yes, that so we we used to use that in the clown band as part of the uh, oh. as part of the live show, which is where I think that's coming from. Because I assume that they didn't just make it up. That since they're referencing starting at episode one, that I had referenced this joke previously. Oh, I had no idea. I thought Neil was just uh, hilarious, and I loved the juxtaposition of talking about the podcast and then doing a "My dog's got no nose. How does he smell?" Question. No, it, it has meaning to me, and the oh. answer is he smells awful. All right. It's a great, great question and an even better answer. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Neil. Uh, all right. We've got only one, two, three, four, five, six, about eight more. So uh, we're this is the longest podcast we've ever done. It's a bit of a marathon, but we knew that was going to happen. Totally. We knew. But uh, Emily in New Zealand, um, excluding anything to do with wives, children, family in general, because I think you feel obliged to say those things, what is your happiest memory? It's a hard question. <laughs> it is a hard question. I'm going to have, I have a couple of contenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is the day, n- not the actual memory of this thing, but it's the day, how I remember it. The day I was on the roof of a car that got up to a hundred kilometers an hour. Now, not necessarily that event, 
But I remember that day we were up at somebody's cottage. We spent the day, I spent the day kind of tooling around in a rubber boat. Uh, I went snorkeling, hanging out with friends. Uh, it was just a really good day. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, uh, that was one of, and I was 19 at the time and I felt like life had so much potential and it was the middle of summer. It was like July or something. It was a great day. I pet, I found a cat on the road that I petted for a while. It was a nice <laughs> orange cat. Yeah. Uh, I really liked that cat. And, uh. It's between that and I have a couple of shows, uh, a couple of gigs that I was playing in a band that just had, uh, just went really, really well. Just have like really good memories of performing those shows, uh, uh, both in Toronto actually. And uh, just a couple of memories of those, which I thought were really good. That's funny. I have good memories of playing in a band too. I, um, I didn't, I wasn't never as much of a musician as you were, but but I played in a band in high school and so on. And we did some shows that were really good. And the, that was always fun. I mean, I can't, it's hard to exclude things like children. Like, you know, you get married and that's a pretty happy day usually. And then you have kids. And for me, the, you know, the birth of those kids and all the experiences with them sort of supplant the the wedding memory, although they're, they're all important, right? right. Um, so outside of those, which is difficult to do, um, yeah, I have lots of good memories of hanging out with friends at cottages in the summer. Um, it's funny. It sounds like we had the same like childhood, although I never rode on the top of a car. <laughs> That's probably smart. Yeah, probably smart. Um, but it's, it's a tough one. Um, it sounds stupid, but when I was in grade six, I got my tonsils out and that wasn't really a happy memory. But like thinking back on it now, it's so stupid because I remember at that time you got a week off of school and you got to eat popsicles and ice cream constantly. And I remember being really happy about that. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. You know, Um, or just uh, I spent a lot of time. um, I had good friends in my neighborhood growing up and, you know, we all lived on the same street. And I can just remember summer nights when the sun was up until 930. We'd be outside playing. We'd have like hide and seek games that extended for like six or eight or 10 houses down the block, right? So you could be hiding anywhere in a, in a 10 house line. And so we were up and down the street riding our bikes and, oh my God, I used to love riding my big wheel. Oh yeah. Remember big wheels? I do. Love that thing. And I can just remember having a really fun time just playing with the kids on my street, you know, doing that, just being let let out and run wild in the neighborhood kind of thing. So Yeah, I remember that. And I also have really good memories when I was learning how to ride a unicycle. Mm. Um, just uh, Scott and I, my that roommate I referenced earlier uh, in passing, uh, he I was teaching him how to ride a unicycle too. So he had a unicycle and I had a unicycle. We'd grab some juggling clubs and we just rode all over the Sioux uh, for like all day, all night, stop, juggle for a while, ride around. It was just, uh, it was really nice. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, it's fun. I mean, it's all, I don't know. It's, I was saying to someone recently, just the other day that I feel like, or maybe you, I was saying this to you, but I was saying it to someone else too. Anyways, I don't know it, uh, that I feel like I don't remember very much from my childhood. Right. Like, um, but I guess when you sit down and think about it, I have all these, these memories that sort of start to come back. But anyways, um, tough question, Emily, geez. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, she also wants to know what character we think has the best character development on the walking dead. We both think Carol. We both. I think we both think Carol. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to assume you, but I think Carol. All right. Well, I don't think we really even need to go into it more than that, because I would say I agree. Justin from Magnolia, Texas. How much money has Jason spent on Lego? 
far less than I wanted to, far more than is appropriate. All right. If then. I had to put a dollar value on it, I think uh, it the dollar value kind of falls into three categories. There's Lego I bought myself. There's Lego other people have bought me. Uh, and all of those other people, I put in quotes, are my wife. Uh, and there's Lego I have purchased for my Lego store, mm-hmm. right? Which is Lego. I've spent that money on Lego, but it's, you know, it's sort of mine, but it's sort of not mine because it was money I made from the store and hundred percent of the money I'm making from the store goes into the store. Right. So if I had to put an actual dollar value on it, I'd have to go somewhere between, uh, five and $7,000, mm, maybe not, upwards of 10. That's not bad, man. Jeez. Yeah. Canadian dollars. Canadian dollars. Yeah. All right. Um, very it's good. Far more than is appropriate, but far less than I want because there's so much out there that I, I, I still want. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Uh, Nail in London, UK. When going to the barbers, what do you ask for? Well, Nail, this is an excellent question. An outstanding question. Unfortunately, you are so asking the wrong guys. Yeah. So asking the wrong guys. I have not been to a barber in 20 years. It's been about 15 for me. Yeah. And neither of us have long hair. How is this possible, Chris? Well, we cut our own hair. We cut each other's hair, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every Tuesday night, which is a po- non-podcasting night, we, right. uh, we get together and cut each other's hair. It's haircut night. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, no. When I was in high school, I grew my hair long like everybody in high school did. I had it down you know, to my shoulders. I had long rock and roll hair. Yeah, me too. Um, and then after a while, I... I finished high school and I went to university. And then after, I think after first year university, I decided I was going to cut my hair because, you know, I needed to be respectable. And um, I decided to cut my hair and I got a hair clipper and I buzzed it all off real short. And I have been doing that ever since. Every four to six weeks, I sometimes occasionally longer, but once it gets a little longer, I start to hate it. So I just get out the hair clipper and I buzz my own hair off and that's it. I've cut my own hair since then. Um, And when you figure that I didn't get any haircuts while I was growing my hair long and I started growing it in probably grade 10. Um, So between grade 10, when you're 15 years old or maybe 16 to now, I have not gone to a barber um, for a haircut. So that's uh, more than 20 years. That's 25 years. Yeah, and that's a lot of savings. That's the thing. I allocate the entire haircutting budget for the household to my wife. Right, there you go. And that works out for me because I just like having short hair and I can do it myself. My story, uh, like I do cut my own hair. I buzz my own hair. It's getting a little long right now. I'm, I'm going to need to do it. Maybe this weekend I'll do it. Uh, uh, I don't usually you know, shave it right down to the wood, but uh, I leave it a little bit longer, maybe uh, a number four, which is uh, a quarter of an inch, maybe mm. a little bit longer. Uh, but my story is I haven't, I hadn't gone to a barber for a long time. I had really long hair, but then I cut it short and I was dating this girl, uh, who she went to uh, a hair place that was around the corner from where we both lived. She lives close to me. And this is the girl that broke up with me after watching the matrix. Anyway. Uh, so I guess I haven't, I've been cutting my own hair since the matrix, uh, <laughs> which is 15 years. There you go. So we went to the same barber and she would tell, she, when I cut my hair the first time she told him the barber what uh what i wanted because i didn't know and she told him and then after a while i moved because every time after that i would go to the barber and just say you know the usual after that i moved and i couldn't think of what i would tell a barber of what i wanted so i just started cutting my own hair 
in response to that. There you go. Well, that's it. Uh, I am not one of those guys who's who's bald and therefore I shave it all off. And I don't go, as you said, right down to the wood either, but I go pretty short. I use a number two on the clipper right. and, and go down to the number two. Um, but I have hair. I just keep it very, very short, unlike some guys I know who don't have oh, hair yeah. and therefore cut it all off. If I went bald, I'd do it. I'd do that too. Yeah, I'm not balding either. So yeah, I have to, I, I cut it down. We're lucky. We got good hair genes. Yeah, good hair genes. <laughs> um, okay, Jez in the UK, what do you believe to be the greatest album of all time? FYI, the correct answer is In Rainbows by Radiohead. I'm going to have to go with Back in Black by ACDC. That's a pretty good choice. Um, when I got this question, the first thing I did is go and listen to In Rainbows. Yep. And I don't think it's the best album of all time. Sorry, Jez, but I do think it's better than I remember it. Um, here's my here's my deal with Radiohead. Uh, I was a big fan, a huge fan of, um, oh my God, I'm blanking on the name, the second album, the one after Pablo Honey. You were asking the wrong guy. Oh, come on. I'm an idiot. I have this Radiohead albums. Um, oh, my God. Uh, not OK Computer. That was the one that came after it. <laughs> I need to know this. I'm sorry, everybody. The Benz. OK, The Benz. Massive, massive fan of The Benz. Um, that, for me, was one of the best albums of all time. And then OK Computer came out after that. And OK Computer makes every single list of the top albums of all time, usually in the top 10, sometimes top five. Some people say OK Computer is the best album of ever, ever. I personally think that record is one of the most overrated albums of all time, although right. I like it. I don't think it comes anywhere close to like top 100 even albums. And I certainly don't think it's better than the Benz. I still think the Benz is the best thing Radiohead ever did. In Rainbows, that's a pretty recent album. Well, recent by Radiohead standards. It came out in 2007. Um, and I didn't mind it when I went back to listen to it. But as Radiohead went on, I sort of liked their stuff less and less. Kid A was okay. Amnesiac, Hail to the Thief, In Rainbows, and I guess The King of Limbs. I haven't heard that one, but it came out in 2011. Um so that's my story with Radiohead. The Benz is where it's at. And as far as I'm concerned, that's kind of where they peaked in their career. Um, best album of all time. I should have spent more time thinking about that than I did about Radiohead because <laughs> right? I don't have a good answer. <laughs> is it a Sharon, Lois, and Bram uh, no, album? No, it's no? probably not that. It's not Ravi? Raffi, no. Raffi? No. Um, I'm a big fan of ACDC. And I think Back in Black is good, but I don't know if I'd put it up in the as the best album of all Sergeant time. Sgt. Peppers? Would you go that far back? <sighs> I do love Sgt. Peppers. I love Abbey Road, too, though. Um, I don't know. I'm a big fan of The Who, but, uh, you know, even that, I don't know if I'd pick out one record and say it's the best album of all time. Yeah, so, I, I, I would have to absolutely say Back in Black. Every time you put on that album, it just makes me instantly happy. Well, that's... I want to listen to it right now. Can we stop the podcast while I listen to it? No, but okay. uh, maybe later. Um, okay, well, that's that's a really good criteria. It, every time I put it on, it makes me happy, instantly happy. So that's good. Um, I mentioned Quiet Company earlier in this podcast as the band I'm sort of most into right now. And I got to say, I've been into them for a good 
two or three years now when I first discovered their album, We Are All Where We Belong, which came out in 2011. I do think that is the best album to be released in the last five years that I've heard. Right. And I can put that on to this day and listen to it every day and still just be absolutely in love with it. So um, right now, my favorite album is We Are All Where We Belong by Quiet Company. So there you go. That's the best I can do, Jez. I'm sorry. Uh, Donna in San Francisco, what are your top three fantasy slash sci-fi TV shows growing up and why? <sighs> Star Trek. Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, even though I tried rewatching Star Trek The Next Generation and it pissed me off. But growing up at the time, uh, I really enjoyed it. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to have to go with Greatest American Hero, even though I've only seen that. That was about that guy who found a superhero suit. Yep. Uh, back in the 80s. Um, I'm not sure it, it's available to be rewatched in various formats, but I refuse to rewatch it because I have good nostalgia about it and I don't want to touch that nostalgia. I do not. It's probably complete garbage and I don't want to know it. I just want to live with the nostalgia that I have. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to hang, hang on to it. Uh, I guess that's three. For me, it's the Twilight Zone, the Twilight Zone, and the Twilight Zone. Right. Um, I, I'm a huge, huge fan of the original Twilight Zone. I don't even mind some of the remakes they made in the 80s, um, but it's not quite the same thing. Um, but the Twilight Zone, the original series from 1959 to 64, I think it was, is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. I can watch it over and over again, and I first discovered it when I was... A teenager um and uh, i first got a tv in my room and that i bought with my own money from working at the grocery store bagging groceries and i bought this little tv put it in my room and so i would be up later than i should have been watching tv uh i don't know why my parents didn't monitor that more but whatever i i was watching it <laughs> and a, a, a channel here in toronto that's still around but it was called city tv used to put episodes of the original twilight zone on at midnight or 12.30 or something like that. And I would always stay up to watch that because I discovered that I loved it and uh, and always want, didn't want to miss it. So definitely love The Twilight Zone. Um, but then I didn't watch, other than that, I didn't watch a ton of TV growing up. We never had cable in my house, so I didn't watch a lot of TV. So I don't have as many shows to choose from. Does Knight Rider count as sci-fi or fantasy? Well, it ain't reality, so yeah. So I watched a fair bit of Knight Rider. So, I mean, that's the only other one I can think of. I watched a little bit of Airwolf, too, but I don't know about that show. Um, so it really, for me, comes down to Twilight Zone and WKRP, which is not definitely not sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would have to add on there as an honorable mention, as I was a bit older, uh, Red Dwarf. I used to oh, yeah. love Red Dwarf. Just whatever, wherever I could find it, it was on at like one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I was an, I was a full fledged adult at the time, but I was still considered. You know, when I look back, I was just a kid. So I would add that uh, Red Dwarf to the list. That's a really good point. I haven't seen as much Red Dwarf as you, but when I did catch a bit on TV, probably on that same little mini TV I bought, I enjoyed Red Dwarf as well, and Doctor Who to a certain degree. I remember actually being frightened by Doctor Who when I was younger because it was scary. Um, But once I got to a point where it was no longer frightening for me, I can remember seeing Doctor Who in the 80s and stuff, like reruns of the older stuff that 
that I did enjoy. So, but I, again, I don't really consider myself a Doctor Who guy. And I did watch a lot of the newer Doctor Who, but I'm, I'm already like two years behind on that. So, yeah, I'm, I've never been, I've watched a bit of the older Doctor Who when I was an adult and didn't have cable. And, uh, the girl I was living with had a bunch of video. She had a, she was a video cassette collector. Oh yeah. So she had a whole bunch of Doctor Who and I was bored for a while. So I watched a bunch of Doctor Who and enjoyed it, but I was, I was an adult and it never really meant anything. And I watched some of the recent stuff, but again, there's huge gaps in, uh, the Doctor Who that I've been watching. I stopped watching Doctor Who at the end of David Tennant's run in the recent right. Doctor Who. And I haven't seen since then, but people have told me it's good. So I mean, one good. of these, one of these days I might go back to it. Um, but most of my TV has been as an adult in this golden age of TV we're in, you know? Mm -hmm. So there you go. Twilight Zone, Twilight Zone, Twilight Zone. Um, two more questions, and then we can finally wrap this up. David in Syracuse, New York. Every week when I do a cash transaction, I usually end up getting a Canadian coin or two in my change. Does this happen across the border in Canada too? Do you sometimes get American coins back in your change? If so, what do you do with these coins? A P.S., are either of you reluctantly crouched at the starting line? I am. Okay, you and are. I got that song stuck in my head again. Again, it's never going away. <laughs> <laughs> we do get Canadian or American coins up here all the time. Yeah, and absolutely. We, when I, I don't have a lot of cash transactions these days. I, most of my purchases now are Interact. Yes, which isn't as big a thing in the States. So. Right. Just in case, I don't know if people don't know, but you use your bank card or there's a machine, you put it in and money goes directly out of your bank. It's like a cash transaction, but it's an interface between the merchant and your bank Yeah, directly. It's not a credit card. Um, but you're right. We do a lot of that uh, those kind of um, transactions. Uh, but we get American change all the time up here, right? Yeah, yeah. When I was using a lot of, when I would use cash, I would get uh, American quarters or American nickels. Here's the thing about Canada. Typically, the American dollar is worth more than the Canadian dollar, these days especially, but yeah. historically, it's always been usually worth a little bit more. Um, there have been times when the Canadian dollar goes up higher than the U.S. dollar. So when we get um, uh, when we get American change, we can just spend it. If I get an American quarter, I can just use that as if it was a Canadian quarter in a store. Yeah, because people will accept that. They'll accept at it. At par. Because yeah. they basically accept 25 cents at par. At the end of the day, if that money ends up in somebody's bank account, it gets converted into Canadian dollars and becomes 27 cents or whatever it is. So we can just spend it, which is great. We don't have to worry about it. If we get American uh, coins here, we can just use it. Yeah, or I've also saved them. Like, uh, you know, I'd get an American quarter. I'd throw it in the uh, the American money box that I have that uh, I use when I go to the States, which has a smattering of bills. There's a couple of ones and a 20 in there, I think now, and uh, a bunch of change. I'll just, you know, if I get the extra change, I'll throw it in there. And the next time I go to the States, I have a little bit more change to spend. Sure. I don't keep American change like that. I just mix it in with my Canadian change. And, you know, if I collect a bunch of change in a in a bowl or something, I eventually go and traded in at the bank but uh day to day uh, you can just use american coins here it's really handy i always kind of assumed you could do that in the states with canadian coins but it doesn't make as much sense because our money's worth less <laughs> yeah so yeah i guess that could be annoying i suppose so um but then again by that same logic all our money is annoying to americans it is so yeah every every coin that i have in my possession uh would be annoying to americans if and when they get it our money is so much nicer than American money, though. I'm sorry. I hate to say it, but it's the just... The plastic bills, come on. 
oh, come on. We have plastic bills, and they're colorful, and they look good. And American- oh, they're horrible. I like the cotton ones. No, American bills are also boring and green, and some of them have this yellow tinge to them now, which which I don't really like. So I think Canadian money is some of the nicest looking money in the world. I hate the plastic bills. I hate it. It, it just I don't like it. So, which is why most of my purchases are all uh, debit purchases. It's more durable. You can't rip it. You can't like you can soak it in water, and it'll be just fine. You know, it's oh, they have a lot of features that are nice, but I don't like touching them with my hands. Oh, that's weird. I love the smooth no, feeling of them. Oh, gross. You're crazy. Uh, all right. Finally, Otto in Ohio. Could you put up a couple of photos of yourselves on the website? If I'm allowed to make a request, please have Jason use a photo of himself in full clown makeup. So the answer is yes. We could do that. We could do that. Uh, and I have a couple, I went to, after getting this question last night, I dug through some old photographs and I do have a couple of, uh, uh, clown makeup based photos that, uh, that we can put up. So, uh, I'm going to do that. I have one in particular that I want to describe the story to, but, uh, do you want to describe how we're going to put these pictures up? I do. So here's what we're going to do. Um, because this is an ask us anything podcast and you know, we want to thank everyone for sending in questions and for listening and so on. We're going to put up a link on our website that has a couple of photos of us, including Jason's clown makeup photos, but we're not going to link to it from anywhere. We are not going to post it anywhere. We're just going to say it right here, right now, so that only you listeners know this secret link, just as a kind of a thank you, a little bonus thing that we're going to do, sort of like the secret toll-free phone number we have, which we don't post anywhere because then... Well, the reason for that is because everybody, you know, looking for the AMC show finds that number and just inundates us with useless calls. So um, this link, that number is just for the listeners. And just like this link is just for the listeners of this podcast. So the link will be talkingdeadpodcast.com slash AUA pictures. That's A-U-A-P-I-C-T-U-R-E-S in case you can't spell. (laughs) And uh, it will be up by the time this episode is posted. So when you hear this, go to talkingdeadpodcast.com slash AUA pictures and you will see pictures of myself and Jason as a clown and maybe not as a clown. I don't know. And uh, there and, you go. And cat pictures. Uh, we have had a request for a picture of my cats or me with my cats. So I'm going to see what I can find in that regard too. All right. So we'll do that too. Very good. So the one picture I want to talk about is uh, I was in, like I say, uh, I mentioned previously we went to, I was in a clown band that uh, traveled to Asia a few times. So in 2000, was it 2001? Maybe it was 2003, I forget. One of the times uh, we performed in, uh, in Shanghai at the Shanghai International Children's Cultural and Art Festival. So uh, this festival that they had every few years in Shanghai, they would invite children's uh, performers from all over the world. There were uh, acrobats from Moscow. There was uh, acapella groups from South Africa. Uh, there was, you know, performance troops from all over the world came to this thing, and apparently it was a, a big deal there. And it was such a big deal that uh, the van that we traveled around in, because they took us to all kinds of events and things, and we actually drove into the Shanghai Zoo along the footpaths because we wanted to see the pandas. And so we, they actually drove us in there, people scattering out of the way, trying to get out of the way of this van driving down in the middle of the zoo uh, to see the pandas. Uh, 
so we were asked to perform at the closing ceremonies of the uh, the Shanghai International Children's Cultural and Art Festival, which was televised live uh, throughout China. And we asked how many people are would be watching this show. And there was some back and forth talking about trying to figure out a number. And our translator came back and said, uh, 109 million? So the closing ceremonies of this cultural and art festival was watched live by 109 million people. Boy, you think The Walking Dead gets a lot of viewers. So, and we were performing on this uh, on this stage and I got onto the stage and there's one part where uh, the music goes on, but I, I get out from behind my drums and I go up front and I juggle for a little bit. I was absolutely terrified because I don't, first of all, I don't like being on TV. Second of all, uh, performing, there was a lot of commotion going on. So I was absolutely terrified of getting up in front of 109 million people and fucking this whole thing up. But <laughs> I got up there. I did not drop my clubs. I juggled. I did everything I was supposed to do and everything went with off, off without a hitch. And I have a picture of me on stage uh, during that closing ceremonies. And it's not a great picture of me as a clown, but it's a picture of me performing in front of 109 million people. And I figured I'd uh, I'd post that up there. Shit, man, that is that is a lot of people. I think, wow, that's crazy. He, yeah, you got to pretend when you're doing something like that that you're just performing for one person, or you're performing in a mirror, or something like that, and not think about the hundred and nine million eyeballs that are looking at you. Yeah, well, I did not do that, but I got <laughs> up there anyway. Wow, how long ago was that? That was, like I say, it was in 2001, maybe. Uh, we went to this Children's and Cultural and Art Festival in 1997, 2001, and I, no, it was 2000, yeah, I don't know. It was, there was three times over, over a four or five year period that we went to this thing, and I don't know which one this was. I think it was the second one in 2000 or 2001. Wow, that's cool. All right, well, talkingdeadpodcast.com slash AUA pictures, and that'll be the link to see Jason's 109 million person performance yep and as a clown and maybe a picture of his cats and i'll find something to post of myself up there too um so uh there you go that's fun yeah it's really fun uh all right and that's it for our ask us anything podcast look at the time man that's amazing uh these are fun to do uh so we'll there's a good chance we'll do another one in the future but uh coming up we will get back to the regular show on Monday, of course. We will be recapping Try, which is the uh, penultimate episode of Season 5. And then, of course, on Wednesday, we'll be doing our feedback for that. So lots of podcasting for us this week. Um, after that, of course, we'll be doing covering the season finale of Conquer and the feedback show for that one as well. I don't know yet if we'll do the contest winner announcement on that feedback show or if we'll leave that for the following week and maybe just do a short podcast to announce the contest winner get a little caught up in some walking dead news but that's a couple of weeks away yet so we'll figure that out but in any case when we do that contest winner announcement jason and i will read or perform a scene from the show just for fun and uh we can't forget that if we end up winning the podcast award with your help by voting every day, we'll perform a whole episode. So that will be a whole thing if we uh, if we end up doing that, but should be really fun. Don't you think? I really, 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 really think that would be a, a most excellent thing. <laughs> yeah, when it's all said and done, I think it'll, it'll be awesome. Putting it all together and doing it, we'll have to see about that. But you know yeah. what? It's going to be, uh, it'll be a good time. So, uh, all right. Thanks so much to everyone that sent in your questions. I hope our answers were, 
were to your satisfaction and suitable and appropriate. And accurate and or entertaining. One of those things, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully you enjoyed this. And like I said, we'll probably do another one someday. We don't want to do these too often because then it's the same questions. So uh, maybe in a year or two, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but thanks, everyone, for writing in. Um, that's going to be it for us. We'll see you on Monday. Until then, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.